This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Sir David the Huntsman, whose words are, you make me quiver. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Uh, today we are into chapter 17, um, Bran of A Game of Thrones, and we are into... Uh, Aegon the Third. Aegon the Third, yeah, on our World of Ice and Fire. So. Read it, yeah. Uh, real quick, I'd like to mention up front, um, every Friday we do a follow-up Friday, so if you have any questions about this week's show, um, the chapters, or just theories in general, please send uh, your ravens to btkcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and head on over to the small council. Sir Ezra, any uh, any news going on in the world? I don't... Mm. None that I read. I mean, I guess, yeah. there, was a, I guess there was a wedding. There was a wedding of some sort. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Some sort. Yeah. Uh, Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie, I believe that is her last name. The, she's the woman that plays Egret. Uh, right. They got married the past day, as most everyone, I think the show is finishing up filming. We saw that uh, the actor who plays Jamie Lannister had mentioned he had filmed his final scene. Right. Yep. And so I guess they wanted to uh, make sure that all things, you know, went well. So. Game of Thrones was done being filmed because we know how weddings go with Game of Thrones. Yeah, they don't typically go well. So yeah, typically go well. I don't. I didn't see. I read uh, not a blog. I didn't see Gur didn't tweet anything about it. Um, yeah, you and I were mentioning. I was saying I thought it would have been really great if Gur had at least congratulated them on Twitter. Sure, and been yeah. like, guys would have loved to come, but we all know my track record of weddings. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> probably, so. yeah, it probably should not attend. Yeah, it probably uh, should not attend. Yeah. It is funny. So many. There's a lot of pictures, and a lot of the actors are there. Um, uh, like the guy who plays Davos, and you know, like Sam and uh, Gendry, and there's a picture of uh, I don't know his name. Um, the guy who plays Gendry with Amelia mm-hmm. Clark, yeah, Daenerys Targaryen, and they're just walking, talking, and people online are tweeting like, "Oh, Gendry, like Daenerys are gonna have something." Oh up. my gosh! Like you never oh, know. Yeah, you never know. Could I mean, seen, could have a scene together. There could have been some secrets shared there at the at the wedding. Could you know? be. Could have pulled like a. What do we call this one? So you got the red wedding. You got the purple wedding. Yeah, I don't know. This was uh, between, you know, um, Jon Snow and Egret, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. The Northern Wedding. Grand Northern Wedding. The Grand Northern Wedding. There you go. Yeah, that's good. That works. Yeah, but um, you know, it's cool that that that, 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 that those two actually got married and yeah, in, real, cool. in real life. Especially when you feel terrible when Egret dies. I know. I know. You know. Let's just hope it's better than the Twilight Wedding, you know. Kristen Stewart, Robin Pattinson. Oh, that man. didn't end well. That did okay? not end so, well. Yeah, I have I have a little more faith in uh, Kit Harrington here. Yeah, so. me too. Me too. <laughs> so okay, all right. Well, I don't believe there's any other show news or anything else. Yeah, I haven't heard anything myself. Um, I think the only cool piece we had was the whole. Um, we might as well just mention again if you um, had forgotten the Age of Heroes. Right. Piece. Oh yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, I know we did. Yeah, I just yeah. I just kind of wanted to say it again. Like it's uh, it's cool. I'm excited it's for it. Cool. You know, so um, yeah, I don't know. There's not. There's has been no more uh, rumors on it yet. But as it comes, 
yeah. we'll be uh, obviously talking about it a lot. And as, as we get near Fire and Blood, I'm sure we'll slowly get some more stuff on it. Well, and I was I was hoping too. You know, um, we're gonna get a lot more stuff, more so more so for the you know the next season of Game of Thrones. But if if anyone does feel you know compelled to send us something about the Age of Heroes and mm-hmm. um, you know the the seven kingdoms uh, and what it might be like. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. We could yeah. definitely do something on Follow Up Friday. So yeah, and I guess um, I do. I, I guess I have something. Uh, so we have gotten some ravens. Um, people have asked us where do we get our histories from? Like, what are some of the companion books? What are some mm-hmm. of the other things you can go to? So you have the main series, which there's actually only five books, right? You have a Game of Thrones, Clash of Kings, Storm of Swords, Feast of Crows, and a Dance with Dragons. Mm-hmm. That's like the main canon books right then we also use obviously the world of ice and fire book right um which i think you can get on amazon for like 20 bucks hardcover yeah um the audiobook is also really good i recommend that um then you have the duncan egg series so that is actually kind of confusing so there's like graphic novels of those there's also graphic novels of the main series um but what i recommend getting is the knight of seven kingdoms Mm-hmm. And it has three of the Duncan Egg books, which is actually all that has been written. Right. Um, those are the only three that have been written. There are plans for more, but as we've seen with Winds of Winter, uh, obviously those are on hold. I believe yeah. I did yeah. read one. I did read a thread back a couple years ago where Gurr says, "Well, I'll go back to Duncan Egg once I finish Winds of Winter." So, so it'll be a while. Yeah, it'll be a while. while. Yeah, but they are really good. I think um, we had uh, Sir Robert of mm-hmm. Newcastle was mentioning that he mm-hmm. had started reading them. Right, I think he read the. Whole, I think he read all three. Yeah, in one day, plowed through them. He said he. I think he they're said short. He, I mean, they're yeah, short. I think he said he liked the Mystery Night the best. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one. That one's a good one. Um, and again, on those, I really rec- I cannot recommend the audiobook enough. Yeah. Um, it's read by Harry Lloyd, who plays Viserys Targaryen, mm-hmm. and he just does an excellent job of narrating Dunk, Sir Duncan the Tall. Yeah. And it's great. It's, re- it's really good. And, and, and also, to give you some more, um, you know, where is that at, right, in this whole world of, you know, uh, Game of Thrones world, right? It's, um, it's after... It's after Aegon the Fourth mm-hmm. and before Aegon the Fifth. Fifth. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of tells Actually, you. Yeah. By the third one, um, I don't even think Maker has become king. No. Yeah. Dunk's so Dunk or Egg's dad. Right. So really, it is the story. Um, I don't want It's. It's. I don't think it's really a spoiler. Mm-hmm. But I mean, well, maybe I won't say it. But the, but one of the characters in there is becomes king. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think, know. So I was worried about you know. I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty obvious, but uh, some people will be like, well, "You spoiled it for me." Oh, well, no, we're not we're not even there yet in the book. No, like I it's, know it's, it's like the books. Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty cool. There's three books um, in that. There is the Hedge Knight, which is how Sir Duncan the Tall becomes a knight. Yep, he fights in the tourney of um, Ashford Meadow, which is really cool. I was about to almost said Penny Tree, but it's not. Uh, yes, yeah, Sir Arlen of Penny Tree. Sir Arlen of Penny Tree was his his. Uh, his, his uh, the, the knight who knighted him, right? He was right. squire for him. Mm-hmm. Then you have, um, uh, then you have the uh, the sworn sword, which yeah. is also it's just they're all really cool because they all just um, give you like like tiny little like scuffles between like tiny houses, and, yeah, yeah, and things like that. But uh, was the, that Eustace Osgray? Yeah, that's Eustace Osgray, right? And, and the red, wi- uh, the red widow, ready lady. Weber and it's, Weber. you know you're talking about two lords. I use that in parentheses. They're yeah. so small. I mean, Eustace Osgray, the Czechy lion. Right. You know he's down in the reach, and he's got. I mean, literally like three farmers. Like that's you know he's his, got nothing. He's, yeah. Like yeah. that's like that's his. 
that's he kind used of, to have a bigger keep. Yeah, he used to have a bigger keep, and, and there's kind Morgan. of a, a dispute over the river, and there's like a dam, yeah. and yeah. it's pretty cool. And then you get to the Mystery Night, which is actually really cool. That one, there's definitely a lot more weight. The third one is it the second uh, second Blackfire Rebellion though? The third, I is believe. Because yeah. remember, remember one, it's it's nothing. It's not even a yeah. rebellion. So it might be the second one actually. Maybe it is the second. Yeah. the second Blackfire We're, Rebellion. In yeah, air quotes rebellion because yeah. really nothing happens. Yeah, it was put down before it ever started. Yeah, the, in the second book, you hear a lot about actually. You actually get a lot of history on the Blackfire Rebellion. Yes, yeah, um, and yeah. just and you actually get. Um, whereas in the World of Ice and Fire, when they mention it, they just kind of give you an overview where they're just like, "Well, was, you know, brother, or you know, yeah, people chose different sides." But in in the Mystery Night, you get um, you actually they're serving a guy who fought for the the black dragon. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, the black fires. Yeah. And he's telling why he did. And it's just cool. It's just, you kind of get that perspective. Well, you get the perspective of people who landed on the black dra- dragon side, the losers, right. Who lost their keeps are not as well right. um, stocked. You know, they, mm-hmm. they don't have as much money uh, there. The crown has found ways to reward those who are loyal to them. Right. And that's really what you get with the checky lion. You, you mm-hmm. know, um, and it's kind of a sad story. His sons go off and die and yeah. stuff. And he's just sort of this, Lonely Lord, who's who's left there telling his story. Yeah. So, so, but it's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. I I I, I cannot recommend a Knight of Seven Kingdoms. So that's all three of the Duncan well, eggs that are currently out. And then yeah. I'll go ahead. Well, I just want well, last thing on that. If you if if ever because I know we do the histories here out, out of a world of, of of ice and fire that can seem dry to some people and very like encyclopedia like. It kind book. of is. Yeah, it is. This is not like that. I just want people to understand that's a real story. It's, it has an arc and. Oh, it is. Yeah. You know. To be honest, I like it's, it's my favorite. But can I another yeah. thing that I think will happen is. Um, it's so you have that, and then you have a world of ice and fire. Fire and blood, I think, is going to be a hybrid, right? You know, version mm-hmm. of, of the two. Yeah, so. that, and that's coming out later this year. That's going to be more of like a Targaryen only um, history. Then there are the novellas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's like the Princess and the Queen. There's the Sons of the Dragon, and these are kind of hard to track down. To be yeah. completely honest, uh, the one we did for our our last black, our first Black Council. Um, Sons of the Dragon mm-hmm. is it's like it's it it expands upon um like a Magor the Cruel and mm-hmm. uh King oh god now I'm forgetting his name uh Aenys Aenys the first yeah and we had talked about that so the world of Ice and Fire mentions mm-hmm. it but the Sons of the Dragon it just expands on it and you get a deeper dive but to get it you have to buy this book called the Book of Swords yep. which is just a culmination of tons of different authors writing mm-hmm expanding on their own universes and then there just happens to be one from a song of ice and fire right um i will tell you that a lot of these things you can actually find just on youtube or we found a pdf of it you can you can uh so if you don't want to buy this other thing just kind of use google to to your advantage and actually um you can things come up pretty quick we found the full audio version on youtube of um which one the princess and the queen Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Now, I mean, we ourselves pretty much like we. I think we we got that we are going to buy everything that we. That we yeah, use, we're yeah. We because you uh, bought you bought the, the yeah book about of the swords. sons of the dragon. Uh, yeah, the the book of swords with the sons of the dragon in it. And um, uh, another note, you know, yeah. So you can find those. We can mm-hmm. maybe if we we can help people find some of that stuff if they need. Um, or if you're super interested, hit us up. We might be able to uh, do something else for you guys. But uh, the wiki itself 
it, it compiles all of that. So the main series, mm-hmm. uh, A World of Ice and Fire, the novellas, and the Dunkin' Egg series. It combines all of it. Yep. Uh, matter of fact, I even but, think. And in the and yeah, and the and the wiki is really good. Unfortunately, they seems like they're it's under, it just went under construction today or something, and it yeah, like, it, what the it heck? used to look so good, and we went on it today, and it's like what? Hopefully, they're still working on it. Cause, yeah, because it was so great before. But um, the nice thing about the there's a good there's good and bad about the wiki. The good thing about the wiki is that it does compile a lot of that stuff, and and when it gives you um, notes like references, it tells you what chapter. Yeah, footnotes it pulled it mm-hmm. from. Yeah, it tell it. It's great. Now you are. It is. It is a summary though, so sometimes you have to then go actually read that chapter yeah. to kind of get the full picture of it. Right. Let but, me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Is it okay? Just because yeah. I think people have, we've had several people ask. We've about had a this. lot of people. I've noticed in the past couple of weeks, a lot of people have been asking, "Where do you guys get all this extra yeah. stuff at?" So, and, and we're more of explainers. We like to explain stuff, give you an overview, like make mm-hmm. sure it makes sense. We're not trying to impress anybody with our, you know, knowledge of mm-hmm. a, it's a commentary. It's a group. It's all about the community and stuff for yeah. us. So, and and and, and Sarah's and I are both pretty fine with saying, "I don't know that yet. I'll I'll check into it." Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's just, there's so much content. Yeah, and then you guys, you have no idea how much your input on the, you know, people who message us. We have messages out the wazoo. Oh, my Ravens. God. Uh, it's, it's crazy, and all that stuff adds to the show. It gets on the show. We try to, mm-hmm. you know, credit you when you provide a theory or a thought, uh, for sure. But, for example, today, Aegon Third is our maestro study. So I'll kind of, I'll get uh, let Sir Matt kind of prep and get us ready for this. And I'll tell you guys, on the wiki page... When I pull up Aegon the Third uh, Targaryen, if you scroll to the very bottom, you'll see the um, references. Right, Every, here's everything that they used to 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 build the wiki page for you know mm-hmm. Aegon the Third. Um, the first thing is the Hedge Knight. Yeah. Okay. First thing, Hedge Knight. Uh, number two, World of Ice and World of Ice and Fire, Targaryen Kings, Aegon the Second. World of Ice and Fire, Targaryen Kings, Aegon the Third. World of Ice and Fire, Targaryen Kings, Viserys the Second. Um, the Rogue Prince, which we didn't even mention. That's yet. another novella. Yeah. Yeah, which has in it, um, you know, the um, one that we had just mentioned there. Right. Um, let's see. Da-da-da-da-da. World of Ice and Fire. World of Ice and Fire. Uh, Game of Thrones appendix. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Princess. And the Queen, mm-hmm. so spake Martin, which is something we're trying to track down, which yeah. is all of the his different things that he that he that he spoke and stuff that he has his commentary on the book series himself. And then it gets into a Game of Thrones chapter twenty three, a Feast of Crows chapter forty five. Yeah, because these guys will be mentioned. Yes, and there's one, and I had actually, and I had actually gotten to it um, the other day, where, um, oh, and it's it's a where is it? It's it's down here on the page. Um, it must be yeah. It must be a storm of swords. Uh, it's like after King Joffrey Baratheon had ended his betrothal to Sansa Stark, uh, become engaged Marjorie, he informs Sansa that he can sleep with whoever he wants to. He tells her that one of the Aegons had a lot of whores, but fails to remember which Aegon it was. He says it's Aegon the Third, which is actually incorrect. Right. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. and I think Tyrion's or I think Tyrion like corrects him. Correct. Or doesn't he doesn't correct him, but he has an inner monologue. Oh, um, and he yeah. Um, about it. I can't remember if it's the Sansa chapter. I think it's actually Tyrion's wedding, but I can't. I yeah. Uh, who, who's yeah. whose point of view it is? But any, regardless, so stuff like that too. It references when because there will be one lines about them in the main books and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. So mm-hmm. you really yeah. kind of have to pull from all over the place. There's other companion books as well. Um, Sir, as you you bought a while back the uh, maps 
of ice and yeah, an atlas um, of ice and fire, which is really cool. The atlas of ice and fire, yeah, which which gives you. I mean, for me, I'm a visual person sometimes as well, and I need to see it, you mm-hmm. know, and I need to see where it's at and make connections to people. And I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll you understand the directions too in which the the battles take place and where they have to traverse, and it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's good to kind of get that. There's the app of ice and fire, which is really oh my god, good. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, the the official you know world of ice and fire, song of ice and fire app. Um, it's which free. Is, which um, is there free. is you. You can buy something that unlocks a lot of a lot of. The, yeah, it's everything. worth buying. It's almost, it is actually it's like twenty bucks, but it is almost yeah. worth buying. Is it worth? Is it that much? I think it is kind of yeah. to get everything. Yeah, I think you can get. Yeah, maybe like each book's worth of spoilers and notes and stuff for mm-hmm. like four ninety nine, and it adds up to like twenty bucks. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, but yeah, yeah a lot of stuff, and I mean, it's uh, so uh, it's good questions. People were asking, you know, where do you guys get all this stuff? Because we want to go read it ourselves. We love that mm-hmm. because what it does is when you read it, and then if we we don't read every verbatim line no. or passage from World of Ice and Fire, so if we miss something, uh, we want you to hit us up and say, hey, I thought that was significant. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't talk about it. Can we talk about it next episode? Right. Absolutely. That's and then of course, there's also there's also the show. Oh, and then uh, the show. Yeah. The extended features on it. So, you know, the show is kind of its own right, thing, separate right? Thing. Yeah. You know, we obviously pull from it for theory, speculation, expanded stuff. Right. Um, we're st- we Look try at interpretations. We, right, interpretations. But in the show, in the extended features, they have characters from the show reading the histories. And sometimes it actually is almost just straight out of like a world of ice and fire. But that stuff, um, if you really listen to it and read it, it is actually much more canon of the books um and they're they're super cool and you get like kind of their perspective on some of the histories um like for example we watched the one of um jamie lannister yeah um Mm -hmm. and he's reading about the kingsguard and what all happened and stuff like that but there are sometimes i've noticed in those histories they actually kind of contradict the show Mm-hmm. Um, and because in the show they may say something is slightly different and it's so it's, it is it is actually almost more book book oriented yeah. book oriented yeah yeah for sure so there's that as well there's there's a lot but I would say that those are really the main I would say Dunkin' Egg series World of Ice and Fire and you're pretty much good to you're go good. yeah you're yeah. good the n- novellas give you a little extra tidbits of information but um, it can be they're hard to track down yeah and 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 really it's not as significant right uh, the details I mean if you're doing theory based stuff in, in the histories and looking at why like okay the example of who killed Magor right? right you know what I mean you would look at the sons of the dragon for a lot more evidence to say mm-hmm. as to which one of his wives it could have been or who could it have been that, that killed right. him was it just the iron throne itself he or did he kill himself type of thing so if right. you want to speculate on that type of stuff that's why we sir matt and i go to those novellas yep so, so. all right well i hope that answers some some people's questions because uh i just feel like we've gotten like four or five of those in the yeah. past couple of weeks which is great um and so hopefully that expands <laughs> on that so all right well let's go ahead sir ezra and mm-hmm. dive into our maester's study uh this week we are on aegon the third yeah. Um, otherwise known as, I believe he's called Aegon the. Um, he's called the Unlucky at one yeah, point. Yeah, Aegon the Unlucky. Yeah. Um, um, and, and something I'll mention here too. We're not going to spend a lot of time on Aegon the Third. I myself did not actually dig into this as well as I would have liked, but it's because we spent so much time on Dance of Dragons, and I'm still on Dance of Dragons in my mind, mm-hmm. getting ready for our Patreon exclusive series. Right. So, and um, uh, to be fair, Aegon the Third is actually kind of, I guess you, I would almost call him a placeholder. Yeah. Not really a lot kind of happens under his reign. Um, now his kids, that's a different story. Sure. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, I'm gonna to be 
quite blunt, really, I would say the biggest thing that happens under Aegon the Third. I mean, we're going to dive into it here a little bit more, but I would say the biggest thing that happens under him is um, the fact that he is the he's known as the Dragon's Bane because um, the dragons end yeah. under under his reign, all the dragons die out, die, and it's mm-hmm. and he himself is not fond of dragons because if you remember, his mother uh, was eaten by a dragon, right? Like right before right before yeah. his eyes, and that's kind of how. Um, yeah, by by Sunfire, right? The, the yep. Dragon Sunfire. Yeah. So I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and start reading some of the passage here. This cool. is gonna this is gonna be kind of a lengthy passage, and I think this will kind of expand on just about everything here. Okay. When Aegon the Younger came to the Iron Throne in 131 AC as Aegon the Third, after the death of his uncle Aegon the Second, the realm uh, may well have thought that its troubles were done. Aegon III's supporters had defeated the last of Aegon II's host at the Battle of the King's Road and had full control of King's Landing. The Valerian fleet once more served the Iron Throne, and the Sea Snake would surely help to guide the young king. But these hopes were built on sand, and this period was soon known as the False Dawn. Aegon II had sent men across the narrow sea in search of sellswords, and none knew... Uh, when or if those would return to avenge their king. In the west, the Red Kraken and the and his reavers ravished Fair, Fair Isle and the western coast. And a terrible hard winter, first declared by the conclave in Old Town in 130 AC on Maiden's Day, had taken a firm grip on the realm and would last for six cruel years. Now, I will say, I think this is the first time mm-hmm. since Aegon's conquest that we have heard of winter coming. Yep. I think so too, because remember, their seasons are different. You could have a, a spring or a for, summer last for five to ten years. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, so this was a significant winter enough so that they mentioned it in a world. Yeah. This is the, so this is the. I mean, I would imagine that they've had winters, but this is right. just the first one I specifically noticed them talking about. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in the Seven Kingdoms did the winter matter more than in the north, and the fear of such a winter had driven the winter wolves to gather beneath the banner of Lord Roderick Dustin and die fighting for Queen uh, Rhaenyra. But behind them came a greater army of, ch- of childless and homeless men, unwed men, old men, and younger sons under the banner of Lord Craig and Stark. They had come for war, for adventure and plunder, and for a, and for a glorious death to spare their kin beyond the neck, one more mouth to feed. Now you remember, Lord Craig and Stark. We talked about this last week. Was marching a big army south um, while the bat, while the Dance of Dragons was finishing, um, and the Dance of Dragons finished before he got south. So he still comes. Um, and he's, he's mm-hmm. got this big army. Yeah. Um, so the poisoning of King Aegon II had denied them that chance. Lord Stark still marched his army into King's Landing, but to a much different outcome. He had planned to punish Storm's End, Old Town, and Casterly Rock for having supported the king. But Lord Corlys had already sent envoys to the Rock and to Storm's End and Old Town suing for peace. For six days, while the court wavered for news of Lord Corlys's successes or failures, and the realm trembled at the thought of more war. Lord Craig and Stark held sway at court, and this came to be known as the Hour of the Wolf. And this is kind of where I want to focus a little bit on, because I think it's just super cool. Um, Yeah, and one thing, Lord Stark would not be dissuaded. The betrayals and poisoners of King Aegon II must pay the price. To kill uh, a cruel and unjust king in lawful battle was one thing, but foul murder and the use of poison was a betrayal against the very gods who had anointed him. Cregan had 22 men arrested in Aegon III's name, among them uh, Lord or Laris Clubfoot and Corlys Valerian. Um, Cowed the young Aegon III, who was 11 at the time, agreed to make Lord Stark his hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Craig and Stark served uh, in 
in the office for a single day presiding over the trials and executions. Most of the accused took the black. Um, two alone chose death, Sir Giles Belgrave of the Kingsguard, who did not wish to outlive his king, and uh, Laris the Clubfoot, the last of the ancient line of House Strong. Um, the day after the executions, Lord Stark resigned his hand. No man ever held the office so briefly, and few left it as gladly. He returned to the north, leaving many of his fierce northmen behind in the south. Some wed widows in the riverland, others sold their swords and swore them in service, and a few turned to banditry. But the hour of the wolf was done, and it was the time for the regents. So, think about this. Yeah. Sir Ezra. We have a Stark march down. Mm-hmm. And find that a king has been slayed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wants justice done. Doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, it does. It does (laughs) sound familiar. Um, But, you know, one thing I will say, something that's different here. So remember, as things are presented to us here, there's always something with Gura. There's always more Mm -hmm. more to this than meets the eye. Uh, And I've read theories and things uh, a little bit on this. And why? You know... Uh, so yes, he, um, oh gosh, Craig and Stark had declared for the blacks. So we talked Mm -hmm. about the blacks and the greens last week. Now, Aegon the third technically is, Aegon the younger is a black, uh, Aegon the third. Aegon the second before him was a green. So Aegon the third, as we know, uh, you know, Aegon the second is poisoned and that's what, that's what Craig did not like. And so he came down and he wanted to kind of sort this, this whole bit out, right? So I look at this a couple of different ways, and I was going to pose a question. Um, did he come down? Was it, were they still allied to the blacks as they came down? Because, well, remember, because they Queen kind of Rhaenyra, take, remember they kind of take their time. Queen Rhaenyra was dead. Right. So I almost wonder if it was, it was, it was coming down, and on the way down, they say, eh, maybe we support the Greens. Yeah. And let's just get this over with. People, as you see here, the kingdom was done with fighting. I almost wonder if they didn't kind of want to just end this, and maybe they had secretly supported Aegon II, and right. as they get down there, he's poisoned and killed. Right. So two two theories here. Um, maybe he comes down and he's just in in his wrath, just says that was dishonorable, that he, had to, he didn't like that, etc., and just says I'm going to kill these people. And he and he and he, uh, he sits in judgment. They go either to the wall or they're killed or what have you. So there's one theory. He's just mad that they killed mm-hmm. maybe a king that he wanted to support. Uh, the other idea is that perhaps he was the one who ordered the poisoning. Yeah. And he came down to make sure. That everyone, you know, fell in line and that no one who knew the secrets could uh, tattle on Lord Stark from the north. Yeah. So just a couple thoughts. Yeah. I mean, right here, you know, although Lord, uh, this is from the wiki, although Lord Cragen had been one of the one of the blacks in opposition to Aegon II and the Greens, uh, the vengeful Lord sought justice for the poison king. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also that kind of northern. And that's what I'm saying. It could be yeah. too. It could be too. It just that it could be that he was still loyal to the blacks, but just thought that was a dishonorable thing to do, mm-hmm. you know. But I always try to look at it from a you know, I'm Sir Ezra the Watchful man. I'm trying to mm-hmm. like yeah, look read different reader, angles, be- reader between the lines, uh, and and just there's another angle there. So um, I kind of tend to believe he he I because we always think good of the Starks, and we always think yeah, it's an honorable good thing to do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, okay. So then, um, this is where basically, uh, not a lot really happens with Aegon the third after this, other than that, he like has what, I mean, how many hands of the King does he have in regents? Does he have here? Cause he just keeps firing them or people die of old age. I mean, um, the regents of King Aegon the third, uh, 
Lady Jane Arryn, the Maiden of the Vale, died of illness in 134. Lord Corliss Valerian died of old age in 132. You know, winter fever. Um, you know, winter is going on here, so a lot of people die. This kind of reminds me actually of, kind of reference it again, um, the uh, Sworn Sword. Uh-huh. Where when yeah. we when you read Duncan Egg, the you know the Hedge Knight, the first one, you're like, wow, there's a lot of Targaryens alive, and then spring sickness comes, and the next thing you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these people have kind of been kind of been weeded out and killed. Well, off. and I think uh, one of the things too, if you look at the wiki too, it, it, it to summarize it just a bit more for us, um, all these different regions because mm-hmm. he was young. What was he 11 years old when he yeah. takes the the, mm-hmm. the throne? Um, and when when he comes of age, he marries his cousin. He marries Aegon the Seconds daughter mm-hmm. so his cousin and uh to kind of heal the black and green you know strife he marries a green mm-hmm. uh for his first marriage but all those regents there's there's uh, political schemes plots assassinations uh within a period of like five years they fight one another and and basically um you know he has a uh someone his only companion in these first five years was uh, i don't know uh, pale hair is mm-hmm. it is it uh um Gaiman pale hair, I think. Mm-hmm. So a former pretender to the throne and now Aegon's servant friend um, and so on. So, you know, um, he didn't really have anyone. Uh, and that's not a good, when I say friend, it was more of like a, you know, because he, he was he was younger, just a companion. So it wasn't a good friendship either. So I was also known as his whipping boy and eventually his food taster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but... But yeah, the the regents there. I mean, the first you, what do you got? Like the first seven, the first council of seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Lord Manfred uh, Mouton of Maidenpool died of age and illness at one thirty four. Um, Sir Torin Manderley of White Harbor gave up his place at one thirty two A.C. following the death of his father and brother from winter fever. Grand Maester Munkin, the only man to hold the office from one thirty one to one thirty six. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then uh, that just literally says the rest and kind of <laughs> lists uh, mm-hmm. some, you know, you, some people there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he had a lot of different, I mean, because you had the regents who were just in control mm-hmm. and then you have his small council, which is. Yeah, because he, he's really, he's really young when he comes in and he actually ends up ruling for quite a bit of time. Um, I think he's 37 when he dies. So, you know, he's 11 to 37 so he rules for quite a bit of time yeah it's like 131 ac to 157 ac mm-hmm. and um, he's also he's also kind of pushed around by by his regents and things like that you know uh right here and all this egg on the third too young to rule uh was but a pawn he was a melancholy youth and sullen interested in very little he always wore black and might go days without speaking a word to to anyone his only companion in these first years was uh yep as you said game and Pelhair, the boy pretender now his servant and friend um, after Lord Pete came to power, uh, Gaiman Pelhair was given a new role as the king's whipping boy to suffer punishment that could not be meet, uh, meted out against the royal person. Later, Gaiman Pelhair died in, in attempted poisoning the king and his young, beautiful queen, Daenerys Valerian. Mm-hmm. And then he it actually takes Aegon quite a bit of time um, to even sleep with Daenerys because he, I think really they, they don't, affected they don't, him. That the poisoning of, of his friend, didn't it? Well, that that and they don't actually say it. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like. But I think he's like emotionally and mentally scarred. Probably oh my from, gosh! From, from seeing his mother being eaten by from the a dance dragon. of dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not so sure how happy his first marriage there was to a green, but he does mm-hmm. his duty type of thing and is and is and is kind of controlled, mm-hmm. you know, by other by others. Um, so, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, um, you know, just, I'll skip ahead here a little bit. Another, uh, um, it was a broken reign that followed. Um, so this is when Aegon's actually, you know, Aegon, Aegon is king. Um, or I'll, I'll uh, go back here uh, for a second. The time of the regency finally ended on the 16th name day of the king when he entered the small council chamber, dismissed his regents, and relieved his then hand, Lord Manderley, of his office, which we uh, mentioned earlier. It was a broken reign that followed, for Aegon himself was broken. He was melancholy to the end of his days, found pleasure in almost nothing, and locked himself in his chamber to brood for days on end. He, like, he likewise came to dislike being touched, even by the hand of his beautiful queen. Even after she had flowered, he was long in calling her to his bed. But the untimely, but un, uh, ultimately their marriage was blessed with two sons and three daughters. The eldest, Darren, was uh, named the Prince of Dragonstone and heir apparent. Uh, then he strove to give the realm peace and uh, and plenty in the wake of the dance. Aegon the Third proved unwilling to court his own people or his lords. He might have been a very different, uh, very different reign were it not for the one flaw in him: his coldness when it came to those he ruled. His brother, Prince Viserys, whom in his last years served as his hand, had the gift of charm, but he himself grew stern after his wife abandoned him and their children for her native lists. Um, Yet together, Aegon and Viserys uh, ably dealt with the remaining turmoil in the realm. Uh, then it goes on, kind of, uh, to a, mi- a minor, a minor incident. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's um, not, not important. Yeah, and then, uh, and then that's kind of the end of the chapter, really. Uh, I mean, it, the, there were four dragons still living at the start of his reign: Silverwing, Morning, Sheep, Sheepstealer, and the Cannibal. Yet Aegon the Third will always be remembered as the Dragon's Bane, for the last Targaryen dragon died during the reign in. Uh, in 153 AC, the reign of the Broken King, also Aeg- known as Aegon the Unlucky, ended with the king's death at 36 years of age from consumption. Many of his subjects thought him far older, for his boyhood was cut too short. The melancholy king is not remembered fondly, and his legacy would pale before that of his sons. So, yeah. so you know, it's just it's interesting because you have you have Jaharis, you have Jaharis, and it's just the, it's just the way that that it's kind of written. Yeah. You have King Jaehaerys, who is a king for... The old king. He's a king forever. He's like 50 years. And it's another short chapter. I'm sure tons of things happened. In those 55 uh, years he was the, king. In those yeah. 55 years. And this may come down to really... This may come down to, say, Gur just being like, oh, let's just leave it open-ended because I want to fill stuff in later. Yeah. And it also, you do need times, too, I think, where it's like, my gosh... I mean, you look at all the different kings here. If, if all of them have like some epic, you need times mm-hmm. of peace and you need times of war right. and, and things like that to, to uh, just the way it's actually the way and ebb and flow of the world, really. Right. Yeah. Um, and he tries to really reflect what's happening. And if you look at and if you look at our world, we have plenty of placeholder uh, leaders. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, for example, I you just look at I, mean, I, I can reference United States presidents. I mean, Gerald Ford, kind of a placeholder. He pardoned Richard Nixon. And then, like, what did he do? Not a whole lot. Like, okay. It just happens, you know. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just happens, you know. You just kind of have placeholder guys, and that, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, but uh, as we'll get into next week, you can start getting to Darren the first. Yeah. And then Baylor the first, and yeah. things start heating up. And yeah, yeah. Some so. some good, some cool, interesting things happen there, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. So. Okay, uh, that was the Maester study, uh, a little shorter this week. And again, uh, one more plug for Dance of Dragons. Um, in July, Sir Matt and I will be going through that in depth with the novella, um, The Princess and the Queen. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. If you wanted more on that, we will have that for you this coming July. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's dive into the reread. Um, 
Yeah, last yeah. last week we did chapter 16, Eddard, um, where Arya and Joffrey tell King Robert very different stories concerning their fight near the Trident. When Sansa claims she does not remember, Queen Cersei demands the death of the direwolf. With Nymeria gone, Lady is sentenced to death instead. Uh, so following up, we're now this week we're back to Bran. Um, chapter 17, while in his coma, Bran dreams of following and uh, and of a crow teaching him to fly. He then wakes to find himself crippled and decides to name his dire wolf Summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this this week there's not really thirds or parts. It's all kind no. of it's for starters. It's a shorter chapter. I yep. think it's a handful of pages, and it's really one event. Well, I guess you could argue it's two events. Uh, it's the dream, and then he wakes up, he wakes. and it's like a paragraph. Yeah. Um, but. It's uh, we're gonna get some deep rabbit holes here, Sir Ezra. Is yeah, get ready. ready. Yeah, get ready, guys. <laughs> um, because you know we talked about it in Follow Up Friday, uh, the Three Eyed Crow, and I told you I'd do some more digging and some research, and I'm not done with that. I'm never done. Um, and right. I, and I this just, reference is my favorite character, Blood Raven. Blood Raven. Yeah. A lot will, will, will be referenced here. Um, so we're gonna talk more about it. I've did some digging on uh, Warging, uh, Green Dreams, Green Sight, Skin Changers, and all that good stuff. So I think I'll. I'll kind of talk about that. Uh, maybe towards the end of the chapter, we can talk just basically what happens here, the bare yeah. bones of it, and yeah, then get into the rabbit yeah, let's Yeah, let's just kind of get, uh, get into that first. So I just have a couple of lines here. So basically, Bran, uh, it seemed as though he had been falling for years. Fly, a voice whispered in the darkness, but Bran did not know how to fly, so all he could do was fall. And Bran is kind of having some visions, remembering some things, seeing some things, mm-hmm. yep. which is uh, interesting here. Just some some lines I have kind of pulled from this chapter. Even your dreams, you could not fall forever. He would wake up the instant before he hit the ground. He knew you always wake up the instant before you hit the ground. And if you don't, the voice asked. Um, and then mm-hmm. some uh, just some other things here. Um, I'll wake up when I hit the ground, Bran told the bird, who he now realizes the voice is a bird. Um, You'll die when you hit the ground, the crow said. It went back to eating corn. Um, some other other ones here. You have wings, Bran pointed out. Maybe you do. Bran felt along his shoulders, groping for feathers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the crow took to the air, cawing. Not that it uh, shrieked at him. Forget that. You do not need it now. Put it aside. Put it away. It landed on Bran's shoulder and pecked at him. The shining uh, golden face was gone. Yeah, and so uh, you, do you have more? Or uh, I do. Yeah, just, just a couple other lines I, I picked out of here. Cool. Every every flight begins with a fall. The crow said, "Look down." I'm afraid. Look down. Bran looked down and felt his insides turn to water. The ground was rushing up at him now. The whole world was spread out below him, a tapestry of white, brown, and green. He could see everything so clearly for a moment that he forgot to be afraid. He could see the whole realm and everyone. In it, and this is where I think you get to the real meat and potatoes of the chapter, um, where it talks about he sees Winterfell, he sees his brother Rob, um, he sees Hodor, mm-hmm. he looks east, he sees a galley racing across the waters of the Bight, he sees his mother sitting alone in a cabin looking at a bloodstained knife on the table in front of her, and so um, he's kind of seeing things so far, Sir Ezra, mm-hmm. that are happening currently right. or j- have just happened. Yep, uh, you know. The way the chapters are told, you know, you got around about the same time. Everything's about yeah. the same time. But then we get to what I think is kind of the first, you um, know, the first kind of future vision. Here. Yeah. Yep. He, um, so here, uh, here we go. 
He looked south and saw the green blue gr- uh, green rush of the trident. He saw his father pleading with the king, his face etched with grief. He saw Sansa crying herself to sleep at night. And then he saw Arya watching in silence and holding her secrets hard in her heart. There were shadows all around them. One shadow was dark as ash with the terrible face of a hound. Another was armored like the sun, golden and beautiful. Over them both loomed a giant in armor made of stone. But when he opened his visor, there was nothing inside but darkness and thick black blood. Then goes on to say, he lifted his eyes and saw clear across the narrow siege for the free cities, the green Dothraki Sea and beyond to face Dothrak under its mountains to the fabled land of the Jade Sea, a shy by the shadow where dragons stirred beneath the sunrise. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he looks north and he sees John's face uh, becoming more pale and hard. Yep. North and north, he looked to the curtain of light at the end of the world, and then beyond that curtain, he looked deep into the heart of winter, and then he cried out, afraid, and the heat of his tears burned on his cheeks. Now you know, the crow whispered as it sat on his shoulder. Now you know why you must live. Why, Bran said, not understanding, falling, falling, because winter is coming. Uh, Then he kind of goes back to... um, kind of the conversation he has with his dad can uh, can a man still be brave if he's afraid yep. it's the only time he can be brave then um bran essentially just wakes up touches mm-hmm. his forehead and it still kind of burns right um and then he, rob rushes into the room and he decides to name the direwolf summer yeah okay cool so the so the last the last part i think if we could just get that away and then we can kind of go back to everything else because the last part i guess the the only other part. Yeah. And he just it. names him summer. He wakes up and yeah, but he, why does he name him summer? Well, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> because, so, okay. So, so Sir Matt pulled out a bunch of, you know, interesting quotes and, and, right. and, and neat stuff. Um, neat lines from the chapter. I very briefly want to just rehash all that real quick. Go right okay. ahead. So the idea here is that brand is falling. Now, there's one line I pull out of this, and I only need one line, okay? <laughs> it says, it seemed as though he had been falling for years. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Talk about a rabbit hole. He's falling for years. Right. He's he's falling through time. Um, you know, he's falling in, into, he's in the void almost of things. So, he's having his own dream, perhaps before this. And this is actually... Um, this dream, he doesn't seem to be completely, it's a, this, this dream is different right. than any dream he's had before. Uh, and I'll give you this too. It's, um, it's not necessarily, well, I won't say that yet. We'll save it for the end. Um, but anyways, so as he's falling, um, a bird appears to him. First, it's a voice. Then it turns into, he realizes it's a bird. Then he realizes it's a crow. Then he realizes it's a crow with three eyes, had a third eye looking at him. And the whole time, this this crow is just trying to teach him to fly. It's trying to show him, you know, he sees things as he's falling through, what I will say, is time. And he sees backwards. He has a memory. He sees, um, and it's a, he hears a voice say, the things I do for love. Right. Jamie Lannister. Mm-hmm. And the crow gets in his face and flaps his wing. No, ignore that. Ignore that, you know. Um, come back to focus here where I need you to focus. So you can see that like he's not, he doesn't really have free will to go where he wants to go in this dream. He's being guided um, by this three eyed crow. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, what else? Something else? Yeah. Something else just clicked. Get in the mic there. Say what you got. What's up? Well, don't you think it's interesting that all of the Stark children 
are like persuaded by different entities or whatever to kind of give up their old life and you have to start embracing this new one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bran with three eyed crow slash Raven in the show. Yeah. Um, Sansa with Cersei and Littlefinger. No, yeah. it's time you learn how to play the game of Thrones. Right. Arya with Jack and Jahar. No, you need to, you're no longer Arya Stark of Winterfell. Right. You're yeah. no one. Yep. Um, even Rob with Catelyn. Nope. You're a Lord. Now you're no longer a little boy. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And then, Rick and we don't really know, but uh, right, and then John himself, though. John, oh, absolutely, give up the boy, John Snow. Exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah, good point. Yeah, they're all kind of forced to to get out of their comfort zone and and to go, you know, to new horizons. Mm-hmm. You know, um, right, 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 right. So, you know, as he's falling and and this crow is is speaking to him, they they he's falling down below. He encourages him to to look down, and he can he's surrounded by this gray mist, but mm-hmm. he knows that he's thousands of miles above right the earth, right. Looks down and he sees um, skulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He sees the bones of what it actually references. Not I haven't I just didn't find it, but like dreamers, other dreamers, you know, um, who had fallen mm-hmm. to their deaths, mm-hmm. you know, essentially. And there's these great big spikes or whatever, and so that's a motivator to say time to fly, right? And right. he keeps encouraging him to fly before he actually does fly, as Sir Matt has just said. He sees things in the present. Um, he just saw something in the past, but he was told not to look at that. Right. But he is allowed to look at things in the present. Right. And he is even allowed to look a little forward into the future. Mm-hmm. And that does kind of parallel what Brendan Rivers later on will tell him, which is, you know, you can learn from the past, but you can't change it. And plus, right. I think I have a theory on why he wasn't allowed to look at the Lannisters, you know, uh, doing their business and what caused him to fall. I have a big theory on that. Mm-hmm. But so he eventually, you know, they talk about different types of wings, what he needs to do. And he you know, encourages him, encourages him. And eventually Bran does fly. He takes flight. It's better than anything he's ever felt. And he's flying, flying, flying. Uh, at that point, then the, the crow, he actually fed the crow corn at one point and mm-hmm. the crow is on his shoulder and then it lifts off once he's flying and gets in his face, flaps his wings and gets into his forehead and starts pecking a mm-hmm. third eye mm-hmm. into his, or where a third eye would be uh, into his forehead. And I think you'd said when he wakes up, there's that burning sensation there, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Now time for the rabbit holes. Oh, here we go. Okay. There's just, uh, I guess the first one I'll start with is, is why was he not supposed to look at the, the Lannister, you know, connection? Mm-hmm. Why was it okay to see where all of his family was and all the strife and woe and things that was, that was, that was uh, happening there? Also, one thing we didn't mention, uh, when he sees where his mom, his dad, his siblings are all at, um, then he looks north. And yeah. he, when he looks north, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but... Um, the, the the tear that mm-hmm. that kind of comes over him, right? Uh, it's right before he says winter is coming. Yeah, finally uh, he looked north when the uh, he saw the wall shining like a blue crystal, and his bastard brother John sleeping alone in his cold bed, his skin growing pale and hard as the memory of all the warmth fled from him. And he looked past the wall, past endless forest cloaked in snow, past the frozen shore and the great blue white rivers of ice and the dead plains where nothing grew or lived. North and north and north he looked to the curtain of light at the end of the world and then beyond that curtain. He looked deep into the heart of winter and then he cried out afraid and the heat of his tears uh, burned of his on his cheeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, I, I think I think one of the things, you know, that he looked beyond the curtain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I thought I thought that was interesting that he he sees something that's that's terrible, you know, absolutely terrible. 
you would guess, right? Is that you mm. think that's what he saw? I mean, he saw yeah. the great other, perhaps, yeah. or something. So um, not even the White Walkers, the great other, like their god or the yeah. god or whatever. Because it looks beyond the world, beyond the mm-hmm. veil, beyond, you know, all of that. He and, saw Gur. Uh, you know, he saw Gur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but, okay, so I think the crow, though, is persuading him, you know, if he dwells on what happened to him, what caused him to be a cripple, right? then that is going to hinder him and keep him to the ground. Mm-hmm. He won't be able to take flight if that's all he looks at and sees is the past and dwells on what... So this is kind of a good thing, right? I mean, right. the crow's in that regard trying to say, look at what else is happening and focus on that. Because if you just focus on the woe is me, here I am, you know, here's here, the, and he learns how that happens, it could consume him. You know, he could start to think about plotting something against the Lannisters and all this stuff, but he has a greater calling. Right. So I, I kind of think that's, would you agree or? No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, you know, and so he's, uh, when he looks and he finally sees north beyond north beyond north, and he sees this enemy or whatever, um, the crow says to him, this is why you need to live, because winter is coming. Now, what does that mean, though, Sir Matt? Does that mean that he needs to live to face this thing that's coming or to serve this thing that's coming? Mm-hmm. What is the crow trying to say there? Um, winter yeah, is yeah. coming has always been like sort of a, I think when the Starks say it, it's be ready, be prepared because winter is coming. You know, uh, does that mean be, be prepared to defend yourself because winter is coming or be prepared because winter is coming and we need to be ready to join forces with winter? I don't, you know what I'm saying? They leave it kind of, uh, I think they do. No, you're right. They do. Yeah. And that's the thing is we we had mentioned this the other day where what if winter is coming means like, you know, we're winter is coming. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a rally cry. It's a right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, anyways, you know, he's, he's, he's told to fly. Um, what do you, what do you think about the bones of the dreamers who were, who were, underneath him as he was falling <clears throat> other people maybe weren't strong enough to handle it maybe that maybe that blood raven blood raven had reached out or the three-eyed crow we should say the three-eyed crow three-eyed because crow. Yeah. maybe the three-eyed crow <clears throat> again this is where we get into it the three-eyed crow i think is more of like an entity mm-hmm. like a god or an aspect of a god um and it just happened to get blood raven when he was there so i believe that there was clearly probably one before him maybe someone else and then it pulled blood raven in because it realized oh blood raven is someone who is strong enough brendan rivers is strong mm-hmm. enough to handle the mantle now and now you know maybe blood raven reached out to Rhaegar. yeah yeah and then you know i mean it's possible i don't know and then um he sees bran and he realizes Bran is strong enough because we know Bran later on is a warg, mm-hmm. has green dreams and all. Yeah. There's there's a big separation of yeah. warging and green dreams and shapeshifters. And, right. And so let's get into that for a little okay. bit because, you know, um, the World of Ice and Fire official app actually says this. Brendan, Brendan Rivers, awaits the birth of Bran Stark, another green seer, who will be needed in a time when the fate of the world and all who live in it are in danger that's pulled from the world of ice and fire app so it's not the wiki or anything else like that so i just thought that was kind of interesting um let's see some more stuff about skin changers so let's go down here for a little bit i have a doc that i'm kind of using here that i created so we have the difference between skin changers wargs and opening your third eye okay Mm -hmm. so this dream was about bran opening his third eye Mm -hmm. i think 
before he is actually before he falls and before he is um you know hurt and crippled i think all of the stark children are wargs and i yeah. think they all have they come to it later john it takes a while you know and 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 i think they say sansa never had really the chance because lady was you know killed to have wolf dreams right but right. arya cl- clearly has them uh, rob does too even catelyn notices um, that you know we should keep our direwolves close to us, and we Ned don't. does too. Ned, yeah. Ned realizes what a terrible mistake he made by killing Lady. Yes, later. yeah, and it's 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 very important that that they're there now. Um, so let's start with wargs first, because Bran is a warg before he is anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's born that way, um, I think. So this is a good good place to start. But um, let's see here. So John Bran enters his dreams using oh. Um, Where's the bit about not all wargs are... Uh, hold on one second here, guys. Here we go. Uh, other beasts. Mm-hmm. Okay. All wargs are skin changers, but not all skin changers are wargs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So skin uh, changers... Another thing here real quick. Yeah. Uh, just This is from the wiki. It is unknown if skin changers are synonymous with or different from shape changers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just so... Yeah. another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So now, um, so let's get between the, the warg and a skin changer. Let's talk about those first. Mm-hmm. Warging is, that's that's specific to wolves. Wolves okay. and then even more so, dire wolves. Mm-hmm. And so when you warg, you're warging into, you're, you're kind of sharing, um, you have wolf dreams or you're connected to your wolf. And they say, you know, wolves and women uh, wed for life. Um, Hagen actually is someone who, um, I think he's a, uh, I think... He's a wildling who is teaching, um, oh, what's his name? He's, it's, it's in one of the prologues. He's teaching the other skin changer who's with, the, mm-hmm. with Mance and his, and his folks there. Um, he's, he's teaching a skin changer about the different abominations that skin changers can't you know, uh, get into and just basically um, what a skin changer is and what a warg is. Mm-hmm. And he talks about you know, wolves and, and, and people who are wargs. They have a real close... Like once you're connected with with that wolf or that dire wolf, mm-hmm. it's for life. So really, the Stark children once they 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 took their pup, they're connected. That is their pup, and we see the evidence of that throughout mm-hmm. the whole series, right away in Game of Thrones. Right. Like they're connected, they listen well, etc., and they 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 respond to the commands. They have a bond, right? Mm-hmm. That bond is for life. Um, Jojen, when he shows up with Bran later, actually he is not a warg, right? You know, he is. I believe. He, they say that he has green dreams, but I believe he's a green seer mm-hmm. uh, in a sense. Maybe not, but he, he has green dreams. But he can sense wargs and skin changers and other green seers. Because right. remember, Bran um, doesn't war, or he wargs into summer, but mm-hmm. then he also can skin change into Hodor. Hodor. Exactly. Yeah. So there's your difference, right? The, the warging is specific to your wolf, right? A skin changer, you can hop into... Uh, and, and you're warned not to do this, but you can hop into cats, deer, bears, badgers, beavers, birds. They say birds are, birds are the worst of all because men were not meant to fly. Right. And uh, Hagen actually at one point is talking about how, you know, when you do warg into um, a bird, you know, he's seen men later on just like staring at this. Once when they're not in the skin of their birds, staring at the sky, longing this, they, 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 right. they feel lost and empty. Right. Another big difference between wargs and skin changers. Skin changers are affected by the animals that they would warg into. If you warg into a deer, 
uh, its prey, and mm -hmm. you will become more timid. Uh, warg into a bear, you might become more aggressive and agitated and things like that, okay? Uh, warg into, you know, d d different animals, right? Your wolf very much shares a bond with you. Yeah. You know, it's a much more um, mutual, like, like it's, you're almost forcing yourself into that skin of an animal, and you're, uh, with, with a wolf, it's a more mutual bond, okay? So there's your skin changer warg, um, I guess, differentiation there. So, and again, all wargs, all wargs are skin changers, but not all skin changers are wargs. So just to kind of make that clear. Um, yeah. Okay. What do you got? Can I pose, can I pose a question? Sure. Here. Sorry. I just, I just thought of, I thought of this, uh, on here. I don't want to derail you. So if, if that's you, fine, if you're okay. So question, sir, Ezra. Yeah. So we know Bran skin changes obviously into Hodor and then he once he in the show once he like becomes the three-eyed raven he puts himself into like he actually puts himself into uh birds and he's mm -hmm. seeing the army of That's the right. dead but that could then but then once you're the three-eyed crow slash raven in the yeah. show mm -hmm. then who knows what your powers are is it like mm -hmm. amplified so yeah. is it possible that bran is the third head of the dragon because there's two dragons mm -hmm. and we we assume maybe Daenerys um, is on uh, Drogon and John is what's the other one that John would be riding uh, oh it? one uh, of her other dragons the, that's like whatever the other dragon is that's um, and then Bran could put himself into uh, Valerian the one that was taken maybe okay. he then takes it from the Night King oh I see you mean he would like he would take its skin he would yeah, he would take. He, he, would he shift would, into it. He would shift into the ice dragon that, or I guess we shouldn't say it's the ice dragon because it's the Valerian, the one that the night, that the Night King, um, took. Yeah. Okay. He turns okay. into a white, I believe. You know. So. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. Um, I was even going to go a step further when you mentioned that he could be the third head of the dragon. Something interesting that comes up. Uh, let's see if I can find it real quick. Uh, Jojen actually has that dream, right? And it was a crow. So this is in, I forget which chapter it is, but it was a green dream. So I knew it was true. A crow was trying to peck through the chains, but the stone was too hard and the beak could not chip through them. Um, and then, you know, I think uh, uh, Bran asked, did the crow have three, three eyes? Jojen nodded. Um, let's see. Uh, it doesn't. I don't have the exact, actually what he said. What what he was that he dreamed? But he dreamed that there was a um, a winged like serpent creature that was that was chained in in, in Winterfell, and it was like a winged wolf. I think you know. Regal is the other dragon. Okay, the gotcha. other dragon. Sorry, yeah. Uh, gotcha. So so, anyways, um, th that's that. I thought that was kind of neat, and that he he actually goes there because of his green dream has something to do with like a winged mm -hmm. creature down in the crypts. Uh, which Summer and Shaggy Dog actually kind of encounter. You know, Bran sees it through uh, their eyes. Um, so there's there's that. Mm -hmm. Now back to uh, just real quick back to skin changers and and wargs. Um, I have a, a neat little uh, number here for you. I think it's said by I'm not sure exactly who says it, but you know, one in a thousand are born skin changers. One of every one in a thousand, right? And one out of those thousand skin changers are green seers, and Green seers, I think Sir Matt and I had talked a lot about it with the children of the forest. You know, 
who are the green seers? Like, like what, what, what is with the green seers? How, how do they choose this one or that one? And in, in a dance um, with dragons, I think it's brand three. Um, I think this is Brendan Rivers is talking about the other children who are there and tied to the uh, werewoods. He says, uh, those you call the children of the forest have eyes as gold as the sun. But once in a great while, one is born amongst them with eyes as red as blood or green as the moss on a tree. Um, or I'm sorry, or as green as the moss on a tree in the heart of the forest. By these signs do the gods mark those that have been chosen to receive the gift. The chosen ones are not robust, and their quick years upon this earth are few, for every song must have its balance. But once inside the wood, they linger long indeed. And so the werewood that is that we see that's kind of preserving Brendan Rivers, you know, um, is also, if you look at that chapter, preserving other Mm-hmm. Green seers who are children mm-hmm. born, and their children, the, like their green seers, were marked by red and green moss green eyes. Um, so think about it for a second. What color were Brenda Rivers' eyes? Red, red. Okay, so he's kind of this owl. Well, his eye, his eye. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's kind of albino. Right. Has has that red eye, right. um, like ghost, like ghost. Yes. Now, um, Jojen, actually, who kind of says that he's not really a green seer. Like, you think he mm-hmm. tries to say he has green dreams, but he, he kind of will say that he doesn't, uh, you know, I, I think I don't, I, I don't have it right in front of me. I, I don't think he includes himself as, as, as a, you know, a green right. seer, right? But he senses skin changers. He has moss green eyes. He's small and sickly, and he has what we call green sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that so to me he would be something like Brendan Rivers, you know, but born much later, right? right. And he has the gift, right. I would say. And I'll say, as this is this is the first dream chapter we've gotten to, um, there's a clear difference because if you just were to pick a lot any of the dream chapters from people, you could you could be like, well, it seems like all these characters, like Jamie has a chapter where he's dreaming, Ned has a chapter where he's dreaming. And a lot of them dream, obviously, about events and things that are going on. But it's pretty clear to see the difference in what Bran sees, where Bran is seeing things that are happening around the world, things that mm-hmm. are going to come and, and stuff like that. Okay, so let's get into even more of that. Then. Yeah. Okay, so if we have a warg who can shift into wolves, right? And, and that's all it can really do. That's the Stark children. And then you have skin changers, which we have a lot of those with the wildlings. They can mm-hmm. shift into different skins. They can wear the skins of bears. People, there's abominations. So let me quickly talk about the abominations yeah. uh, for skin changers. To eat the, the to eat human meat was an abomination. To mate as a wolf with a wolf was an abomination. And to seize um, what's the skin of another man was the worst abomination of all. So, you know, um, Bran, who's a warg, is also a skin changer because all wargs are skin changers, and he's done right. two of those three abominations. Maybe unknowingly, but he's done them. Mm-hmm. He's he's um, he calms ho- in a storm of swords. Uh, there's the chapters where Bran is going north of the wall. John is coming south yep. with Agret um, and uh, the and four- just, just the party, the par- uh, yep. and they're gonna you know attack air quotes uh, Castle Black. Yeah, um, and Bran and uh, Jojen Reed, and they're up in the tower, right? Yeah, and. There's a storm going, and Hodor's making all kinds of noise, yeah, and they're yeah. they're trying to silence him because Bran and their group see like, oh, there's people down there. We don't want them to yeah. see them, and so Bran shifts into Hodor for a second, yeah, and it calms him down. And Jojen's like, "What'd you just do?" Yeah, yep, yeah. And also, Jojen during a storm of swords 
I'm I'm just I'm in a storm of swords right now. So that's yeah. all. It's just really fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, tells Bran, you know, you can't eat like eating as your wolf. Summer doesn't feed you. Yes. And because Bran is a cripple, he really he's like I he Bran just Bran wants to just be Summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that way he can run and do. So, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm getting to that. Yeah, okay. I know. I'm so, just saying. Yeah. No, no, no. no that's a, that's a real. I'm glad you brought that because I don't want to forget that. Don't do not forget mm-hmm. that he wants to be Summer. We'll get back to that. Um. So we've talked about the wargs and skin changers and their abominations, right? And then now we've talked about green seers a little bit, okay? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, they have this these characteristics. The eyes look different, sickly, you know, uh, and, and whatnot. They have a gift, and there's not very many of them, okay? Right. So there are actually more skin changers than there are wargs, and there's even less green seers out of mm-hmm. all of that. So we're kind of like... Um, I guess if you looked at it as a hierarchy, you, you know, at, at the base of your pyramid, you have your skin changers. Then above that, you've got wargs, you know, and then above that, you've got green seers. And I would say at the top of that pyramid, you have your third eye, right? right. You've got the crow's eye, this this opening of your third eye. Type but of are thing. all, but are all, but, but you can, hold on, real quick, That's quick real quick question about the green seers. Uh-huh. Is the green dreams. Is you can mm-hmm. have green dreams, mm-hmm. but I don't think have any of the other powers that go along with it. So you're saying a green seer can have a green dream. I'm saying I'm saying some people also just have green dreams. Some people have dragon dreams yeah. and they have wolf dreams. Yeah. Um, so those are different types of dreams. And then you have green dreams, yeah. which are dreams that you see in the future. So Jojen has green dreams, but does not believe he is a green seer. Right. Okay. So it's, there's, it's confusing. Guys. So there's the difference. So, right? you know, yeah. so those are the dreams. Put the dreams on a separate, you know, They're their own thing, a se- a separate. Because a lot of the Targaryens have. Have dreams. Have dreams. Right. Yeah. And and they're 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 more focused on a specific like the wolf dream is focused on you're dreaming through your wolf and you're kind of mm-hmm. a warg, right? Mm-hmm. Um dragon riders also have a special bond with their dragons. Right. You know, and so not everybody's a dragon rider. So there's something in your in your magic and, and the blood magic, you know, between you and that beast and that, that family blood. Um and so they have dragon dreams. Green dreams, I think, you know, skin changers and these people who are more magical like this dragon or green dreams are just separate um they're different things now for example in duncan egg on the way to the tourney at ashford meadow um egg's older brother has green dreams mm-hmm. he sees things that he, th- he knows they will happen he knows that they will become true jojen same thing he has seen the day that he will die he's ha- he 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 has dreams of the future right okay opening your third's eye or your th- the, the your third eye has i believe it has the ability to you can look everywhere. Uh, Jojen says you can see into my heart. Mm-hmm. You can see through me. You can see into the past. You can see around the world at your own will. You have control of it. Mm-hmm. The dreams are gifts. They're sent to you, um, uh, you know, type of thing versus like being a, a green seer who has his third eye opened. Right. You can see around the and world. And then, um, as we know, so the books and the show, different things. But in the books, Blood Raven tells or Thread Crow tells Bran, oh, you, can, you can look into the past, but you can't change it. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, unconfirmed that it's going to happen in the books. But I think, based upon the fact that we saw it in the show, again, the events and circumstances could be different. But I think that that's another thing that's definitely going to happen in the books, mm-hmm. is that Bran is going to be able to change mm-hmm. the past. So it, it, it seems like, going off the information we have from the show, is that Bran is even on another level uh, than Blood Raven. Could be. Yeah, c- uh, th- uh, that could be. And maybe because Blood Raven is just a guy who dabbles in sorcery. 
but also Bran is younger and might make the mistakes. Perhaps it's something where an older wizened three-eyed crow, you know, or an older wizened green seer has made the mistake and has done that and is just telling tra- Bran, don't. you don't do it, you can't do it. I, 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 I don't know. A, I th- it I could think, be different. It could be that he has the ability to. Like I, I think it could be the ability to maybe because, one, Bran is a Stark in that blood of the First Men, which... Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, Bloodraven might have it because he's a Blackwood. Do the Blackwoods have blood of the first men in yep, them all the way? They but, do. Yeah. So, maybe, possibly. Yeah. But Bran is a Stark, and that's like a stronger yeah, line. And thing- that Bran is a Greenseer in his own right, and Bloodraven yeah. may not have been. And so, Bran's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's go one more time with those tiers. You've got the bottom of your pyramid, you've got your skin changer. Above that, you've got your warg. You know, because all wargs are skin changers. Right. But not all skin changers are wargs. That Mm -hmm. helps you build your pyramid, right? Skin changers at the bottom, wargs, green seers, and at the tippy top, I believe, is opening that third eye. Mm -hmm. I could be completely wrong about that, but that's just what I've, as I've looked through stuff, that's what I'm seeing. Um, And one thing that that Jojen says in A Storm of Swords, um, he says, uh, he's talking to Bran here, and he says, green seers were more than that. Um, They were wargs as well as you are. And the greatest of them could wear the skins of any beast that flies, swims, or crawls. So again, as you go up that hierarchy, your green seers, if you're a green seer, like Blood Raven, Bran, and maybe Jojen, you can wear skins. Yeah. You can wear skins and you can warg. Mm-hmm. You can do all of those things as you go up that pyramid, right? Now, not many, now you look at your green seers at the upper end of that pyramid, not all of them, I don't believe, have opened their third eye. Right. And I think that's the thing. So let's look at but your. Do you think? Do you think anyone can open their third eye, or do you think it's only one three-eyed crow or raven in the show can do it? Uh, I think. Do you think it's more, like? Do you think it's kind of like we were talking about this earlier, like yeah. the sword of the morning? It's like an established position. Like only one person can do it. Now we see that Blood Raven is teaching Bran mm-hmm. how to do it. But is it kind of like the well, he, Highlander? You know, there can only yeah. be one. Like exactly that maybe. But I, I think there's the three-eyed crow position that you've talked about or maybe it's that you have a your third maybe many people can have their third eye open right and not many because again this is very few you'd have to be a green seer uh which is extremely 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 rare you know and then you would have to have that eye opened i think jojen's no no that's not never mind um yeah sorry but uh Anyways, I, I get what you're saying, but I think you could have more than one person who is, okay. has their... I, just, I think the position of the three-eyed crow is more... Now, this is where I get into the misleading piece. You said that Summer wants Bran to stay with him. And, no, Bran wants to stay as Summer. Okay, I'll give you another one here then. Uh, Summer does want, does want Bran to stay with him. Okay. Every time Jojen brings up green dreams and things like that, a low growl comes from summer summer mm-hmm. doesn't like all this talk yeah doesn't really necessarily like the idea that bran is being i think i think bran will be torn between you know uh the land of always winter and his dire wolf summer mm-hmm. i think there's something else going on there you know um being a work is special and this bond is special and his wolf is like his spirit animal that looks out for him type of thing and so i don't know now that he's made that connection Maybe it's just a selfish thing with, with Summer, but Summer seems to be a little bit leery of, of Jojen uh, and what he's saying to him. Just saying. That's a mm-hmm. couple of things that, from the book. Um, right. and I can look up more evidence no, for, you know, sure. for that. Um, now, another thing that's mentioned, we talked about the, the three-eyed crow. I would say at least five times is mentioned, all crows are liars. The crow is a tricksy bird. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so, you know, 
Keep that in mind when you have a three-eyed crow showing up in your dreams. Uh, showed up in Jojen's dream. So the three-eyed crow showed up there. So remember you asked the question, could there be more than one person with their third eye open? You know, he gives him a green dream that sends him to Bran. But what Bran, what was happening to Bran, I think, was his third eye was just was open. I don't know that Jojen had the three-eyed crow pecking on his forehead trying to open up his third eye. Does that right. make sense? Mm-hmm. Jojen's never talked about that necessarily. He does, He encourages him to you know, open that up and to, to keep right. kind of going. But I, so I think Jojen is a green seer. Mm-hmm. I think he has all the characteristics of one. Um, uh, you know who else may be one? Who? Is his father, Howland Reed. Yeah. Because when Jojen first shows up, in the books, he tells he tells Bran that he had a dream, and then Howland Reed like immediately sends him north. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, you're yeah. Good point. That's actually a good point. And you go back to the Tower of Joy. Uh, maybe there's some foresight there that yeah. he had. You know what I'm saying? Good point. Good point. Um, here we go, Jojen. Uh, let's see. A uh, Clash of Kings, Bran five. Um, you have three. The Crow gave you the third but you will not open it. He had a slow, soft way of speaking. With two eyes, you see my face. With three, you could see my heart. With two, you can see that oak tree there. With three, you could see the acorn that grew, that it grew from, and the stump that it will be one day, past and future. With two, you see no farther than your walls. With three, you would gaze south to the summer sea and north beyond the wall. So Jojen has had dreams about he understands what this the opening of this third eye will do. And I don't believe Jojen has that ability, but Bran is constantly having this pecking going on, right? Another thing here, the third eye. It allows you to see through things, see far away. You can enter people's dreams, interact with them, which he does mm-hmm. with John, you know, and actually I think it's it's John who is in a wolf dream with um ghost. Right. Okay. Take possession of animals, people, see the past, present, and future. Bran actually fears, though, these dreams. And he is, he actually starts to get kind of like, like he'll have a dream where the three-eyed crow shows up and is continuously just pecking. Yep. Pecking at his eye, trying to get it to open, open, open. And it starts to kind of haunt him a little bit. And what does he enjoy more? He enjoys being in summer. Mm-hmm. But he's going north because he calls him a wizard. This three-eyed crow could help me uh, become not crippled anymore. Right. Perhaps I won't be crippled, you know, um, and, and, and really, um, that's sort of why that's his motivation for going right, right. at first. Um, so yeah. But did you have a thought there? I saw you were kind of, uh, yeah, but it was a totally different rabbit hole about Howlin' Reed and oh boy. Yeah. Sorry. It's, 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 it's not worth going down right now. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, huh. So in a clash of Kings brand seven, um, his third eye had finally opened, right? He could reach summer whenever he wanted. And once he had even touched ghost and talked to John, um, though maybe he had only dreamed that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's still working on his powers, but his third eye had finally opened on his way up to, um, to meet the, you know, three eyed crow. Okay. So it has opened and he is starting to kind of use it and, 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 and figure it out. All right. Um, let's see. Aha. Some of the things I wanted to get into. We had talked about those skulls and those bones and we said, you're in gray joy. Uh, we said at one point could be someone else who was being reached, uh, by the three eyed crow and make the distinction between, you know, the crow being possibly the, um, 
Oh, uh, the form that the great other would take in dreams. Maybe it just shows up as the three-eyed crow, um, perhaps. And he actually, um, I think he takes for, we said this last week, didn't we? We said this on Friday, that he has the red eye. Mm -hmm. When we talked about the characteristics of green seers being having mm -hmm. red eyes or green eyes, right? Um, and, and so he has a red eye as, as his new like banner, his, his sigil. It has yeah. a couple crows on top of a crown over top of a red eye. And so I think there's been some obsession with him. I think the three-eyed crow has visited him, and it's something that he is, he goes to distant lands. You know, he maybe, and here's another thing, Sir Matt. Perhaps the three-eyed crow is manipulating multiple people. As you said, always said, if it is Brendan Rivers just doing what's best for the realm, sending Euron Greyjoy to get these horns, well, Dragonbinder well, and stuff. Well, Euron Greyjoy has one eye, Bloodraven has one eye. Yep. You know? Exactly. Maybe he sees himself. And the, it's red. It's a red right. eye, you know, with the two crows above it, and, and he's got a crown above it. Now, so I think he's gone a little crazy. He might have been someone who, when the three-eyed crow reached out to him, he took off and flew as well, but mm -hmm. just never came north to take the position, you know? And he went about it his own way and used his power or the opening of his eye uh, in a, in a different way, and maybe he maybe his third eye was never opened, yeah. and maybe he's just a, a green yeah. seer. And for kind. and for our um, for our listeners who are, we have a lot of listeners who are show heavy. Mm -hmm. um, you're on Greyjoy in the books, in the show, like totally different characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's another brother, Victorian Greyjoy, who um, is more of that. They kind of pull him and turn him into Euron in the show. They kind of combine these two characters, and that's who it. That's kind of who it is. Euron in the books, far more interested in like magic and old relics and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> um, so now let's go back to our friend Brenda Rivers. And when we get in a dance with dragons, when we get there, um, some of the descriptions that are mentioned is that he, he draws his life from the tree. Um, Leaf is telling them this, right? Um, mm -hmm. He did not eat. He did not drink. He slept. He dreamed. He watched. So Leaf is kind of like, telling them about, you know, um, Brendan, who was in this tree and the other green seers who had the gift with the red and the green eyes, the moss green eyes are attached to werewoods as well. And they're doing the same thing. Their lives are almost prolonged because of the werewood um, bond that they have there. A um, couple of the things though, let's talk about how maybe this is not the, um, not, not the best thing. This, this, you know, summer, I've, I've mentioned last episode on follow up Friday that I wasn't so sure that um, the three eyed crow is a good thing. You know, mm -hmm. I've heard it's a tricksy bird. It's a liar and all these different things. Maybe it is, though. Maybe it is a good thing. And maybe it is, as we said, Brendan Rivers, who is a kin, uh, a kinslayer. Sir Matt and I were talking about this and he does what's best for the realm. He kills um, Amy's Blackfire, you know, um, to just to basically stop any more Blackfire rebellions from happening. So he, he takes um a hit to his honor so that he can do what's best for the realm. So if siding with the three-eyed crow and the children of the forest, maybe that's a good thing to do. Uh, maybe it's not, but even if it's not, maybe he is doing it for the betterment of the realm, you know, type mm -hmm. of thing. So uh, let's see here. Uh, Brand three, a dance of a dance with dragons. Um, he's a half corpse, half tree. Uh, Lord Brendan seemed less uh, a man than some ghastly statue made of twisted wood, old bone and rotted uh, wool. Now, interesting here, too, in the same uh, chapter, they see spread out around them uh, a bear skull, a wolf skull, and half a dozen human skulls. So, 
this place is kind of um, a, a scary looking place when they go into it. Right. Why are there human skulls there? Yeah. Good question. I just, I, I, I just briefly, uh, I was pulling up your on Greyjoy theories okay. about the crow's eye. Yeah. Uh, somebody says, this is, of course, this is on Reddit, so it could be totally false. Uh, and I don't remember this. Later in book four, Euron s- makes a statement when standing next to a window. When I was a boy, I dreamt that I could fly. Mm-hmm. When I woke, I couldn't. Yeah, he does say that. Yeah, yeah he, 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 he uh, same thing with Bran. When Bran wakes, he finds later, he gets, I, I actually, just full disclosure here for everyone, uh, when we hit this chapter, and I've been talking about picking up, I had tried, you know, John and Tyrion and just trying to do my, my read-throughs straight on those characters. Um, it was the conversation on Friday that we had about the Three-Eyed Crow and all of this stuff that drove me mad, that made me say, <laughs> true, yeah. it is time for me to just stick to Bran and go straight through Bran. So I've gone through all of Bran's chapters in the Game of Thrones, and I'm working my way through um, uh, a, a Clash of Kings. I've got them all marked here, so Matt can see that. I'm marking the ones in A Storm of Swords, and I'm going as fast as I can through Bran. There's only about seven to eight chapters of Bran in each book, right. so it won't take me long to get through it, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, good point. You know, um, Euron Greyjoy had the same, so he dreamed he could fly. So it's one of those things, like he's almost like an unfinished student, uh, and maybe his task was different. And he, like he, like Jojen, is sent or has an urge to go, uh, you know, on, on, on a quest. He's exiled, and so he goes and uh, and does his thing, right? Um, let's see here. One other thing. Oh, I mentioned the human skulls. What do you think about that? You know, like the, this this mm-hmm. weird kind of like look. Is it wildlings? Is it just, you know, are these other? I people? think these are other people that they tried to plug in. Or and didn't is this work. former three eyed crows? That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay. I'm yeah. saying it could be a combination of people. Combination. That, yeah. yeah. I don't know though. I I don't I don't I think almost as if the three-eyed crow gets absorbed kind of into the tree. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, yeah. Is is kind of is kind of what happens. Yeah. Um. And so I think that the skulls are people that may have tried to do it and it didn't work. Yeah. That could be. That could be. It's yeah. just. It's creepy. Here's another creepy. Um. Mention from Brand Three: A Dance with Dragons. Never fear the darkness, Brand. The strongest. Trees are rooted in the dark places of the earth. Darkness will be your cloak, your shield, your mother's milk. Darkness will make you strong. Now that's interesting, isn't it? To hear mm-hmm. that, you know, um, s- s- uh, you know, said to him, he's supposed to fly and, and open his eye and fly above the world, but they're beneath the world. They're underground. They're in a werewood. You know, um, it's it's very earthy and things. It's just very strange. Um, let's see. Let me see one more thing. Okay, okay. I think that's all I kind of had there for like the difference between the skin changers, wargs, and opening your third eye and green seers. I need to add that in my notes here. Green mm-hmm. seers. Um, one thing more that I want to mention. All right. <laughs> Sorry, major rabbit hole here. Old Nan. Uh, in the next brand chapter that we have, when he's looking out the window, he's looking at Rickon. You know, playing with uh, Shaggy Dog and those. And I know I'm skipping ahead here, guys. That's okay. But. Um, old Nan starts to tell him those scary tales that he likes so much. And um, that she speaks on Azor High, being, you know, that he has his, um, his 12 companions, his horse, and his dog. And as he wanders and, and the long night had fallen and, um, you know, had, had come to uh, Westeros, the um, Azor High, this, this warrior, is going from place to place trying to figure out what to do. Uh, maybe he's not Azor High yet. Um, but he travels eventually to the children of the forest. Mm-hmm. He travels there for aid, and the story doesn't get finished. You know, it gets and then there a little bit more is told by 
uh, old Nan later on. Um, but you never quite, and Bran, I think, knows the end of the story, um, and we're going to get it. And maybe we have, and I just have missed it. But um, it's interesting that, like, during that time of need, he would seek out the green seers and these, you know, um, you know, children of the forest. So although the show has tainted my mind, right? With, yeah. I mean, it has. It has tainted my mind with them creating the others, which mm-hmm. is exactly what they did. Is that not what it's sh- in, the, in the Absolutely. show? They they plunged that uh, dragon glass yeah, into his chest. Yeah, that's something to be totally different in the book. Okay, so that when I you when you see that, that's what has made I think me and other people kind of think like, wait a second, they were the bad guys, right? So maybe they did that as we said during the Dawn Age and things when they were fighting the First Men, and then they regretted it when the Long Night came, and then Azora High went to them and they got their redemption through Azora High, mm-hmm. and perhaps that's what they're doing now with Britain and Rivers, but they're just a sheet, you know. But they've clearly they they can make poor choices mm-hmm. if, if we go off what the show has has taught us, and they're right. not you know wholly good as mm-hmm. you know Gerd doesn't make one thing that's like right. purely good and purely bad type of thing. So right, you know, <sighs> I don't know. So there there it is, man. There's I when skin changers, wargs, green seers, opening your third eye, all of that biz. As we as we get our first little bit here with Bran, and I just wanted to kind of talk about it. No, it's good. Is it okay? Yeah, that's good. But there's okay. one there's one thing I want to talk about that's still in the chapter. Good. Like, I didn't got? hit because there's there, I wrote down some things here. Some theories. Go. As sometimes I sometimes I'll yeah, ramble for a bit. That's and then fine. Sir Ezra starts having I look at him while we're podcasting. He's clicking. He's writing stuff down. Right. Same thing. You were doing Sir that. Sir Ezra was going on a tangent, ago. and I came up with a lot of theories, ideas here. Okay, good. So one thing we got to mention. So when Bran is looking out, and, and we kind of talked about this, where he sees most things that are happening, but then he sees some things that are going to happen. We have him say over over them both. He's talking about Jamie Lannister and we believe Jamie Lannister, a knight in golden armor, clearly, and the Hound. Um, yep. Over yep. them both loomed a giant in armor made of stone. Sounds like the mountain. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. when he opened his visor, there was nothing inside but darkness and thick black blood. So we know the Hound loses Dober and Martell later, the Red Viper. Um, and in the sh- in the show, they just flat out call him Sir Gregor. They just don't mm-hmm. hide it. Right, in the yeah. book, there's Sir Robert Strong, but it's totally mm-hmm. uh, right, right, right. It's totally uh, just the mountain. Yeah, um, it's pretty easy to see. He lifted his eyes and saw clear across the narrow sea to the free cities and the green Dothraki sea and beyond to face Dothrak under. Oh, sorry, my phone turned off there. Uh, under the mountain uh, to the fabled lands of the Jade Sea to a shy by the shadow where dragons stirred mm-hmm. beneath the sunrise. So. We know that there were dragons and apparently still are dragons. Right. So that's the thing. That's tricky. So, you know, because like the glass candles light when magic is back. Is it magic or is it the return of the dragons? Mm -hmm. Or as you just read, was he seeing the dragons currently uh, in the future, or is is a shy by the sea so far away that that you do you see how as the dragons mm-hmm. get closer to Westeros, perhaps that magic that it's coming back to this region, maybe it's always going on in a shy. Um, oh gosh. Oh. Well, I would say I would argue that I would argue that the White Walkers or the others are magic, and they're still we know they're about and running around. So just because the red comet and dragons and things and the candle being lit doesn't mean that there's not magic going on. I mean, clearly Melisandre is performing things. I believe that I believe that the the candle that the candle is lit, but I believe at that time it hasn't hasn't people been 
Beric Dondarrion's been raised a handful of times, clearly yeah. through magic. So that's before the candles lit. So mm-hmm. yeah. So my point is though, is that what is it that and we're talking we're, about? The that we're talking about the the dragon glass candle at the citadel, the citadel. that's, that's yeah. supposed to be lit once magic comes back. Well, kind of, and and it, they're used to communicate and see and talk. Right. With but my point is, is that like some some magics are, I think, tied to certain, like we said, bloods. Um, well, yeah, regions, clearly the blood magic religions. that Daenerys gets the. Um, Oh God! What's her name? The witch, magi, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, the witch. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so, so there you go. There are people who are still using it, but it's like it's sort of left Westeros. Like, there's not a lot of it going on. They think it's mm-hmm. just a bunch of, you know, hoopla. But at the same time, in Karth, you've got, you know, um, you've, uh, what, what are they called? The warlocks mm-hmm. there who are who are doing some type of magic or seeing different things or whatnot. And some of it's all tricks. Melisandre has a lot of tricks and illusions that are not necessarily magic. And there are things she doesn't understand in the flames, mm-hmm. and she does have a glamour, right? But um, yeah, so you, you, you're right. But they're tied, I think, to gods, to different, you know, things. So it's like, what are we trying to tie that glass candle to? I think because it's made of dragon glass um, and things, that it's something we would tie more towards the dragons, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, you're right. You know, are so, those dragons in a shy right now? Currently, yeah. That's a great. That's a great. And question. we had, we and World of Ice and Fire had mentioned that dragons. When you talk about Doom of Valyria and stuff like that, that dragons were there. The in Ashai. Um, yeah, Ashai is something that may get explored later. Um, we just don't know. It's it's always it's like it's like kind of past Essos, right? Like we hear about it. You know, you hear people are from Ashai, but like it's never really fully explored. Um, so also I wrote this down. Uh, just while we were talking about it, when you, when you mentioned the Tower of Joy, a thought came to my head. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the show, we see uh, the Tower of Joy, and um, I believe we see two scenes of it. Am I correct? We see one where Bran is first learning how to do it, and he sees Ned, and he's just—it's like a quick. He's seeing a lot of things, right? Yeah. And he, he sees he sees a scream, and he sees Ned look up, but that's all we get. And right. then we go back, and we have the battle with Sir Arthur Dane. So. Right. Here we go. This yep. is kind of a big, big, big kind of theory, thought, mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Just, as it's all kind of plugging into my mind. Let it go. Okay. So Ned runs up and Bran, you know, goes up along with him and sees, this is, of course, the show. Um, Bran sees John being born, the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So what's Helen Reed doing? He's standing outside looking at dead Arthur Dane. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what if Bran goes back again, now knowing he can reach out and touch people, say things? What if Ned what if Bran goes back and has a conversation with Helen Reed when Helen Reed's just standing out there? Cause why wouldn't Helen Reed run up with Ned to see what's going on? I see. I see. Now, of course, this could all be the show because in the books, Helen Reed could go up, and you have oh, sure. tons of other possibilities. You're talking show, show, show here. So yeah, this is this is disclaimer this is, show. This is yeah. show, but you know, could what I'm going with could influence the books. Sure, saying if it happens to go the same way, which you can theorize however you want. Oh yeah. So yeah, how Helen Reed doesn't run up with him. Mm-hmm. So does what if Bran has a conversation with Helen Reed about because because how why would Helen Reed no. no, that when Jojen says, oh, I have a vision, you need to go so right now. To Bran. Yeah. Do you need to go see Bran I think he right actually, now? 
I think he actually believes it is. I, I, I have to read it again, but I think he, it's not just to Winterfell. I mean, it is to Winterfell because that he has the right. it's it's chained in and, and the crypts right. of Winterfell. But I think it was more specifically Bran. Yeah, I, I, I so think why was, why specifically would he say you need to go to Bran like right now? Yeah, interesting. That's a really good. So point. I'm just saying it could happen. Right, could a lot, happen. A lot Obviously, more this stuff total, could happen. This is there. total. You know, yeah. I just thought of this theory. Whatever. Well, was it also another thing here? Sure. Um, and I just thought of this. So Bran has always talked about wanting to be a knight, right? You know, like mm-hmm. he's he's yeah. always he's a kid. He's like, oh, I want to be a knight. I want to be in the King's Guard. All of these things. It's total random thought here. What if? So what if we are talking about this right with Blood Raven? Oh, and then perhaps Bran is a step above him where he can go back influence things because mm-hmm. I definitely think the Hodor thing happening. Yeah, me too. Kind of definitely I, happening. I I'm kind of hoping it happens. <laughs> and I think I think that I, even regardless, I think Bran is going to do something where he does influence the past. Yeah. Um. So. What if Bran is the Knight of the Laughing Tree? Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the tourney of Harrenhal, where we, the unknown the unknown knight fights and fights in the tournament, and then it leads Rhaegar. Now we think obviously it's Lyanna Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but that's I see the what big. You're saying, that's, that like, that's the big thing. So what if it was? What if it actually was? Bran, it doesn't have to be Lyanna fighting in the tournament. Maybe Lyanna's just off somewhere and Bran actually fights and then Rhaegar has to go track him down and he just leads him to like Lyanna. Lyanna. And that yeah. and that happens. Or maybe he has a conversation with Rhaegar. Yeah. Yeah. These are the series of events that needs to happen. Because it could be kind of to pull from comics here, Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh that's kind of in the DC universe, the Flash kind of realizes he can go back in time and he jacks everything up. Like yeah. he j- jacks everything up and then he kind of has to go back and fix it. Kind of like back to the future. Right. Right. And because right. once you start t- messing with time travel, that's usually the events you have to go into is like, see, something happens. You kind of have to go back and fix right, it. Right. 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 And so that, uh-huh. And then yeah. that's, and then that's where you get into the theory. A lot of the theories of all the brands are the same people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, all, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's a little scary to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> maybe that is what maybe that is what's happening, and that's why it's taking Gur so long. Because once you once you once you dive into time travel, you have to, I mean, you really have to commit. make sure everything, everything lines, up. lines yeah. up. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, um, you know, I maybe again, like you said, book and show very different. We totally know that, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe um, in the show they're going with that idea that you could do this, and they're not going to expound upon it or whatever. They're, but yeah, maybe in the book, that maybe in the book he's not. Maybe he would just be able to go back and see the events, everything that you can has the wisdom of a thousand years because he can go back and see the things, but he can't touch those. See, things. I don't know though because Maybe. I know though you want it's the Hodor thing that has it's again. Well, it's it's not just the Hodor thing, but it's the Howland Reed piece because me, you have to have you you what's you have to have the Howland Reed piece in the in the books, I think. Because you've you, you've built it up to where I think Howland Reed is going to be a piece of the puzzle to tell. Yeah, but potentially he could, he, he John could have simply who, gone up the stairs, you know. Because you're talking show, remember? Like, well, ye, well, kind of. I'm kind of talking. I'm kind of talking both in that. In that, what's what is the is it is it just the, is it just is it going to be Bran that sees it? Could just be Howland Reed that comes and says, "Here's here's what happened at the Tower of Joy." Yeah, it could be Bran, but I don't think it's going to be. I think, like you said, it's, it's, it could be, it could be Howland just, Reed. I think I mean, again, it could be a combination. Raider, again, people have theories that Mance Raider is Sir Arthur Dane and could tell the story too. Yeah, you know, so like that's why it is so vastly different. Yeah. Um. Right now, if you were, if you didn't hear, if you had not have known, and we hadn't seen in the show the Hodor thing, 
I don't think we ever, ever, ever would have thought Gurr would go back and tamper with time. Yeah. And, and things like that. Or, or have someone go back from our present to influence things in the past. So I'm not so sure he's going to do that. I, nothing. I mean, we saw that in the show and we're like, oh, my God, it's epic. <laughs> now, maybe there is something like that, that that happens and it's an accident that can never be that could never happen again. And maybe maybe uh, the three eyed crow, you know, um, uh, realizes that that well, at that point in the show, the three eyed crow had passed on, I think. Right. Uh, or was about to, you know, because he was, they're being attacked and it's, it's mm-hmm. because of dire need. That that happens to save the last three-eyed crow, if you want to call Brand that, mm-hmm. um, you know he needs to use Hodor, and it's mm-hmm. a desperate last. And he maybe Brand sees there you can never do. Like look what this did to one person and changed his Everything. life and stuff. Yeah. You know, so maybe it's something that you can do, kind of like how you know Back to the Future. It's like a really contained, like one person has, has a time machine, DeLorean, and they really. Doc's like destroy this son of a gun at the end of the movie, but then he makes <laughs> yeah. a new one with a train, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's just it's kind of kind of kind of crazy. You got to be careful with it for sure. So yeah, a lot a lot there for sure. Just saying things to think about. Oh yeah, plenty plenty there to think about. Um, man, you got me on a tangent there, and I feel like I had other things I was going to say here, but I can't really remember those things. But that's okay. Um, well, what do you think is the purpose of Brand becoming the three eyed crow then? Huh. That's a really good question. I don't actually know. You know, like if you can't influence things in the past and stuff, then really you just have you're the overseer of this, you know, knowledge. You you you're you're sort of like Well, you a, can um, you can kind of influence. I think you well, I don't know, you can influence because if if Jor Mormont's crow is being influenced by Blood Raven, yeah, I mean, you can. I'm saying perhaps, influencing perhaps, it in the present, but I'm not so sure that you can influence into the past. Is my thing. I, I don't know that. Well, that, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, that could be Brand's role. Is that, well, you kind of theoretically once you, once you start, if you can see the future and you know what's going to happen by influencing the present, you are theoretically influencing the past because yeah. at that point you are omniscient and you don't necessarily see things as this is where I currently am. You're seeing everything as. You mean by by affecting the future? No, by by affecting if you if you can theoretically lit like once you can see the future like you can clearly clear, see yeah. a clear picture of it. Yeah. Um. Then I, I I don't see I I think that you can't you have to be able to influence the past because you're you know you're talking then you're talking about multiple timelines kind of going on because if I if you, right now you could see everything that was ever going on. Mm-hmm. Why would it only be that you could influence things in your current line? You know what I'm saying? Cause no, have- I, I think I think w- if you can see into the past and you can see into the future, all you can change is the present. All, 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 all you can, all, the only thing that you have is this, is this, if you look at like, um, I present, I got, I got what you're saying, yeah. future and past. All, yeah. You can, but, see, but if the, you the past but, informs yeah. your decisions currently and your future also informs your division, your, your, your decisions currently in this current life that you live. Another thing that I'll say is that I actually think their vision of the future is limited. And I think it's very much, it's, it's, um, I don't know yeah. that, that that they have this all-seeing power to see wherever that they want. Um, it, it seems to me that they're limited to the knowledge inside of their werewoods. I get what Jojen, I just had read, where Jojen said you could see that, look at that tree and you could see the acorn 
which it came from and the stump that it will one, one day be. That's basically what he said. You could look at that tree in the present. You'll see where it came from and where it will end up one day. Yeah. But I think if I think he's limited to the Weirwood Network and other green seers who came before him or other three eyed crows, whatever you want to call it. I think he's limited to that right there um, because Fred theories where what's her name? Quaithe? Quaith? Quaith? Uh, Quaith, yeah. Um, who could be Shia, Shira, Shira Cesar. Cesar. Um, they talk like Brendan doesn't have a lot of influence in Essos. In Essos. Although, in Bran's dream here, he does see into Essos. Yeah, because I think, I think Bran's a little more powerful than Yeah, and that could Blood be. That, that, that could but, be. Um, but can he just choose what he wants to see anywhere, anytime, anything, and, and just become a god? That's my thing. If that's the, if that's the case, if, if Bran's not limited in any way whatsoever and can't... I mean, basically well, I definitely think base. I definitely think he's he's probably limited. But see, this is the thing: once you start once you start messing with time, with Gers doing anyway, because once you can see into the future and you can affect it, yeah. um, by affecting your present. Um, but do you know that's the whole that's the whole moral behind Back to the Future? Right? Is, is that, that you shouldn't? It's a no, 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 idea. no, no. Is that is that like when they look at like you know Marty McFly? What he what he does right. there in the, in the yeah, future? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, he says that like you know when he when he comes back. You, no one's future is written, right? Because, you know, you, things can change daily. Brand can make one change here, and and, and it, that's my thing is I don't think he can see every ripple effect from God, every oh, I, yeah. possible right. scenario. So, the, and I think he's only, I think they're limited to what to their whatever god it may be. If you have multiple god, if you've got Relore and the Great Other working together, you've got the priestesses who can see visions in their flames. But not to, to what degree? And some green of those dreams, visions, yeah, some of those visions that Melisandre sees are misinterpreted. Are totally misinterpreted, right? In green dreams, same type of thing. You know, they're, um, you know, they're kind of. Uh, see, I think it's like the, this power is given to these people, but the gods truly have that power. Like uh, Danes, the dreamer, right, who led the tar- the Targaryens out of Valyria, saved all of them and affected everything that was going to happen from there on out. Well, who gave her that dream? Who gave her that vision? You know, some god. Right. Is it Relore? Is it whatever the Valyrian, you know, god was that they're that they're beholden to, led them out of there. Um, but that's all. That's it. You know, so you've, I think I think in Gur's world, you know, we were just reading Sospek Gur, and he doesn't really no one god is gonna step down onto Earth and they can't do that. It's like you had set pieces on a on a chessboard. Yeah. Right? We're all like the different pieces um in the seven kingdoms, they're playing their own chess game. The gods are also playing their chess game. And they can mm-hmm. only do so much and give some mortals so much power. Otherwise right. Bran is a god. Yeah. You know. It's all it's all just it's all just crazy because I think that Bloodraven did send the dire wolves south beyond the wall. I think it was him that sent, that sent them to the Starks and kind of created the whole yeah. Thing you have, thing you have in the on. present, yeah, and in, in the present, yeah, yeah. I what think. I, all I'm saying, my what I was, what I was, what I was saying is that like once you can, as you see, see in the future, as you see into the future, you are theoretically kind of no longer living in like pre. You know what I mean? Like but, presently, like. Well, let me ask you this question: If you can see into the future, you see everything. You you see the current line of future that you're that well, you're seeing. Yeah. Then you and then Sir Matt makes one decision. Can you unmake that decision? Is my thing. I what you're saying. I don't think you can unmake it. I think once you make your decision, well, see, I think Bran is going to be able to change unmake things, un- change things in the past, and that's where I think Gurney needs to draw the line. Yeah, <laughs> Me because in the show, I know obviously the show yeah. of the book could he be different, but in the show, Bran says he's like, "Well, I'm just the Three Eyed Raven. I'm like everything that ever yeah. that ever was." So, yeah, yeah, and, and, I, and I do. I I still think that that's probably a similar path that they're going to go down with the aspect of the Three Eyed 
Crow. And now that's an interesting point because Melisandre and the Red Priest are, you know, with with R'hllor, given similar powers to Green Seers. Are they not? Mm-hmm. Okay, they're given similar powers. And so, what God is? Who, who who's fighting who here? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Well, Melisandre says uh, in A Storm of Swords. Uh, when she is talking to Davos and yeah. she goes down to the cell when Davos mm-hmm. was killed her and she's going to take the light away and she's right. talking about and she says to Davos that she's like well it all comes down you have life death mm-hmm. um, fire yeah. ice R'hllor yeah. and the great other yeah that's what she says that's what she says and so my thing is who is Bran working for who is oh, giving yeah, him those powers yeah. is it R'hllor mm-hmm. if it's not R'hllor in Melisandre's mind then it would be the great other remember I said earlier she mm-hmm. sees in her flames an old pale you know she sees Brendan Rivers and she sees a young wolf howling and she names them as the servants of the other mm-hmm. she does she names them such and so it's like wow so you would have the red priests and things we were working talking against. you and I were talking earlier that R'hllor could actually be the enemy yeah it could be yeah we don't know the thing. It, yeah. it absolutely could be you know and so well and it's all perspective which comes out of POV and stuff like that and something else I found interesting just kind of as a side note here um I'm just in a storm of swords right now so I'm going to keep referencing it um when John is he's when it's when he's with Agret and they're like hooking up and stuff mm-hmm. like that and he's he's coming down and they're talking he's he's talking about figuring out where he's at just because they're walking yeah. he he looks up at the ice dragon which is a star yeah um but then they're talking about constellations and how Agret um, and the free folk call the same things that John sees. They the same constellation, but they have different names yeah, for them. Yeah, Like even things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are are you know, and that's the you know they they view those as the old gods, right? Like the mm-hmm. constellations, mm-hmm. they have power, they have gods, and so they have yep. different. Even that, they have different names for. Yeah. Different things. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. It's almost like you have like two gods that are rising as like great gods, like R'hllor and the Great Other, and then you've got Mother Roin. Mm-hmm. And you've got these these other ancient, you know, gods, like lesser gods, you know, almost like that that Roman and Greek, you mm-hmm. know, mythology. Well, you and I were saying that the gods are playing their own Game of Thrones. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. Woo. Guys, some deep rabbit holes here. Man, we went. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was wild. So, so anyway, um, and then in the chapter, Bran names the dire wolf Summer. Summer. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because he sees how terrible winter is and he's like, Summer's better. Yes, and, and and I think you know my whole piece with with uh, you know, was driving towards was that summer, I think grounds him mm-hmm. and keeps pulling him. It's almost like yeah, a warg is not the greatest power that you could have or whatever, but it seems like it has better properties and a better relationship, mm-hmm. and it's not taking, it's giving. Both are giving to one another. The direwolf yeah. to the boy, and the boy to the direwolf. Right. You know, and then versus, and then all the other all the other kids. Um, trying to think about warging for them. I think with Rickon, Rickon tells there's a chapter later in a game of Thrones where mm-hmm. Bran sees Ned in the crypts mm-hmm. of Winterfell mm-hmm. and he's telling Maester Lewin it. And um, I think Rickon says the same thing. So that's kind of where we, uh, where we get when they their, dream that their father died, they dream that they're, yeah, they're, they, they dream that they, that he was walking around the crypts. But he's down there. Yeah. He's down there. And it's because he's just because died. He died. Yeah. Um, but I believe that that's, the, I believe with Rickon, because Rickon's never a POV character. I don't think so, no. Mm-hmm. And so nope. through him, we find out he had, has dreams just right. through it. Um, Sansa's wolf was killed so early, she doesn't have them. And Rob, we don't ever hear. I don't think we find, we hear that Rob has them, but he's never a POV character. But it's pretty much implied. It's implied that, that he, he does. And also that his luck and that, that things are better with his wolf. Right. When his wolf and he is, clearly, ever, yeah. it's clearly stated he has some kind of connection. Connection, yes, a bond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Bran, John, and Arya, I believe we specifically see like yeah. wolf dreams. Yeah, you're saying Bran, John, Arya. Yeah, and I would say 
Rick on, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You, Rick you and said. he's just never a POV here. Exactly. So we, we, yeah. yeah. But, but, but you're, as you're right yeah. to point it out, though, is that like he had something there. It would kind of like, and again, that's why you, I separated the dreams from being a warg. I think they all are wargs, you know, and so they have their wolf dreams, which is some type of power there, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's capped in some, it's just, it's contained. And ha- and, you know, that's something else that I hope maybe is explained at some point is are all the Starks wargs? Was Ned and was Ned and everyone war? I don't think so. Yeah, I I don't I don't, I don't you know, know. Why, or why is it the presence it, of the direwolf that you had said bl- that that maybe Brandon Rivers sends down mm-hmm. to let this power you know kind of blossom and take off? Mm-hmm. You know that that could be and then, again and the Daenerys, same thing. And Daenerys gets her dragons. You know, at well, the same time, this is gonna be a long episode, but that's fine. I, that's, it's already it, long, so it, oh, it's super long. And the chapters were kind of short, so it's just it's perfect. It, you know, there's there are people that think that uh, Theon is gonna like, or you know, Euron or somebody's going to ride a kraken, and that right, that, and that we're gonna see all of these ancestral houses and their sigils like come into play. Exactly, yeah. Uh, a character I want to bring up was Marwyn the Mage, who's the arts archmaster at the Citadel. Um, I think he's actually sometimes called the Red. Um, you know, but he basically uh, is the one who travels. He goes to a shy. He goes to um, to the Ebenezer, uh, con- consorts with whores and hedge wizards, and goes to the Summer Islands and things like that. Um, he actually, when Sam, remember Sam is taking uh, Gilly mm-hmm. to Old Town, and he meets with Marwyn, and they have this big discussion about the others and Sam being Sam the Slayer, right? So he takes off when he hears that information. He takes off to side with Daenerys and basically go to her aid and try to help her out with her dragons. Plus, there was a whole piece with um, Aemon, you know, uh, Maester Aemon telling mm-hmm. him that he believed that she could be Azor High, And mm-hmm. so then he just like off and goes. But my point with that is that you had said with the direwolves, the proximity of the direwolves to, the, to, to a Stark, would any direwolf next to a Stark and that blood that's in the Starks, would that ignite some magic and some bond? You know, mm-hmm. it's the same as with like the dragons... You know, well, and, well, and the glass candles well, and things that are happening. There. There's yeah. huge theories that, and this is again more of a show theory that people are going to potentially tie into the books. Yeah. Um, that Ned Stark, because in the show there's like ravens circling above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, because he, you know, he like right. looks down to pray, and people yeah. are saying he's warging into these ravens above him. Yeah. As yeah. he dies and stuff like that. You get, but yeah, like skin changing. It, yeah, skin, yeah, skin, yeah. Cha- yeah, skin changing. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, um, in the in the books, it's an Arya POV chapter, and she's like way down in the crowd. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's nothing about like you the ravens, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Could be. It'd be. It'd be crazy. <laughs> it'd be crazy. Uh, so, could all right. He, could it be glamoured? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Could it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting thing about the glamour I learned today is that. Um, Blood Raven at one point, who could have been um, Maynard Plum during the uh, first Black, no, second Blackfire Rebellion, mm-hmm. he's wearing that Moonstone. Maynard mm-hmm. Plum is wearing that Moonstone and has like a glossy, you mm-hmm. know, like eye. Literally, look, looks like somebody had replaced his eye. Or and, and he, um, that they believe that was a glamour, like Melisandre yeah. was using, except for hers is red, a red ruby or whatever, and mm-hmm. his was a Moonstone, just different. Yeah, so kind of cool. All right, guys. I think that's uh, we're gonna let's let's get out of this a little bit here. Um, Brand was a fun chapter, and it was there's a lot to speculate there. This will be a jumping point for us, I think. Later, we can refer back to this conversation. You know, hopefully, if I've made any errors or you know, Sir Matt and I've, I've missed something, please. Send oh, us. I definitely made some errors. Oh, I did too. Yeah, I, I know I did. <laughs> yeah. but but just just send us a raven and and let us know, and let's get a good yeah. firm foundation yeah, we, going forward. Yeah, we prefer so. a raven and not a crow. We do. We do prefer ravens. Yeah. Here, so. 
So definitely do that. Um, I think we've gone over cool connections and everything. Um, send us those ravens to BTK Cast, um, and, uh, and and we'll read them for follow up Friday. I think real quickly, I'll just read this one here. I don't know that we'll discuss it much. We act, should we save this one since we've gone so long, or should we read this raven for this week? What do you think? Let me let me read this here because uh, it could be a big dive into a rabbit hole, and I'm worried that. We- yeah, we better we better save this okay, one for okay. follow up Friday because this is this is an R plus L equals J theory. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so Caleb, our our good friend Caleb, our humble uh, blacksmith Caleb, uh, actually sent us a raven, and I want I want him to know we were going to read this today because uh, we this was a shorter chapter. Did not foresee. I didn't have a a green dream here that I would that we would dive into such a a deep discussion on you know, warging and skin changers and all that good stuff. But, uh, so I think we're going to, we're going to skip this. Um, we've kind of gone a little long. We'll, we'll save it for follow up Friday and yeah. we've got quite a few more for follow up Friday too, but this will give us a good rabbit hole to dive mm-hmm. down to. So don't worry, Caleb, we'll read it on Friday and we'll be good to go. So, all right, let's move into, um, man, the wall here. Uh, this episode today was brought by, was brought to you by Sir David, um, the huntsman. And here is his knighting ceremony. David, in the name of the warrior, I charge you to be brave. In the name of the father, I charge you to be just. In the name of the mother, I charge you to defend the young and the innocent. In the name of the maid, I charge you to protect all women. In the name of the smith, I charge you to mend the broken. In the name of the crone, I charge you to seek wisdom. In the name of the stranger, I charge you to face death with sword in hand. Rise, Sir David, the huntsman. May your arrows always find their mark. Yeah. Yeah. And please point that bow at, uh, you know, maybe like Order of the Green Hand. Yeah. Know, a couple of those other, uh, you know, uh, pretenders out yeah. there. So, um, but yeah, those are knighting ceremonies. Uh, if you want to hit us up for some of those, we will uh, gladly uh, knight you, make you a hedge knight. Um, we'll have sworn swords as a tier later on. We're working on other fun tiers for our patrons. We found some cool stuff that we could actually send in our swag bags and things like that for those yeah, of you who have taken the black. Cool yeah, some really cool stuff. Actually, yeah. Sir Matt found it today or yesterday and it was uh, showed it to me. So excited about that. Um, but yeah, head on over to uh, patreon.com forward slash bend the knee. Uh, there we have the Black Council, which has been kind of popular, mm-hmm. um, where we talked at first about the Sons of the Dragon, uh, which was Aegon's conquest and his two sons, what happened between Aenys and Magor. And uh, I think this coming July, we are going to talk about the Dance of Dragons, and we're going to get real deep and sweaty uh, in, into that. So, so definitely check that out. Uh, also, feel free to join the discussion on facebook.com forward slash bend the knee podcast. We, Sir Matt and I, are working. We're trying to push towards getting around, you know, two, 200 plus likes on Facebook. I think we'll get there eventually, but um, I think we'll get there probably by the end of next month, to be honest. Yeah, well, we yeah. might even. If you're a listener and, and you're, you, you would like to join the discussion, um, I know a lot of people send us the emails, but we do have a Facebook mm-hmm. page. And once we get that page, we're uh, up to 200 likes, then we'll feel comfortable kind of creating a group mm-hmm. and let people kind of. Um, you know, at first we'll just kind of see how it goes. We might, we might need some people to help uh, manage it and things like that. But we would love to get the Facebook group going. So if you guys, if you are listening and you haven't liked it before, go like it. That'll show uh, Sir Matt and I that you guys are wanting the mm-hmm. uh, the, the group, and we'll we'll get that for you. Yeah, and uh, Ravens. When it comes to Ravens, I, I we get this asked another question we get asked quite a bit is um, what's the best way to send those uh, and who you who will kind of respond if you send them on Facebook or Instagram, I typically respond to those. If you send us an email or uh, if you're a patron, message mm-hmm. those. Sir Ezra usually responds to those. And if you leave us a voicemail, just remember you do have a, like around a three-minute right. uh, timer. So Right. Yep, exactly. 
And uh, for voicemails, that number is 614-547-2350. So... Well, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 18, Catelyn 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, uh, or leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.